Hello there, it's your old pal, Cowboy Kevin Mann. Thanks for listening to this new episode of the Atachera Podcast. We've got a massive, super big, amazing, incredible announcement. If you missed it last year and you wanted to see it this year, you can because we are returning for another live show. This year we are part of the main London Podcast Festival, sharing the stage along the likes of Paul F. Tompkins and our sister podcast, How To Wrestling. There are tickets available now for the September the 15th. It is a Saturday in lovely London in the beautiful King's Place Theatre last year. Year, we had such an incredible time at the show. So many people came to say hi and hang out, take pictures and chill out with us afterwards. And we hope everyone can do the same this year as well. We're going to be there to meet everyone, have a live show where we're going to be talking about all the instances of wrestlers in the Outer appearing in mainstream TV. So Celebrity Deathmatch, Boy Meets World and things of that nature shall be discussed. I know that Austin and Dilbert will certainly have to be discussed. Tickets are only £10. We'd appreciate all of you guys coming to see us and checking out the live show. And there's a 15% discount if you order three or more tickets you can see how to wrestling in the afternoon and add to your podcast in the evening alongside a huge stacked lineup of some of the best podcasts from the uk and the us and as always if you want to support the attitude era podcast and get access to a whole load of bonus content patreon.com forward slash ae podcast get yourself access to all of our video episodes 33 plus episodes of the smackdown crawl the bibliotech and a whole lot more support the show support the boys but more importantly enjoy the this episode it's time for no mercy 2001 on a concrete floor there could be a pin right there Hello everyone and welcome to the Attitude Era Podcast. More fun than a tombola and a face, it's Season 3, Episode 8. And I am Cowboy Kevin Mann, joined as I am always on this review of one of the most maligned and hated angles of all time. I'm talking about that invasion. By my cohorts, comrades and colleagues. Firstly, to my left, he is unquestionably the most caffeinated man in the room because he had a slightly larger cup of coffee. It's Adam Bibolo. Hello. Adam, I've got no mercy for you. Well, that seems a little unnecessary. Do you ever worry about the wrestlers, right, who can only express themselves through upcoming, you know, pay-per-view names? And it's it's yeah. ever like grateful for your friendship. No, never. You know, this Sunday, a grateful for your friendship... I'm going to be grateful for your friendship. Or what if it's like, well, I'm going to have no mercy for you. It's Judgment Day on Sunday. Yeah, but I'm not going to have any mercy for you anyway. It doesn't matter. It's, it's Judgment Day. Like, But at Judgment Day, I assume there'll be very little mercy to hand. I'm not planning on judging you. So, <laughs> like. Are you excited to talk about this first post-Unforgiven episode? <laughs> Unforgiven is the big moment. Honestly, once we got past like SummerSlam, I was like, God, these these are the two fucking ugly stepsisters. These are the two fucking random outlier pay per views that really struggle to tell this angle along. So I don't know. Have you been watching the Raws and SmackDown still? Uh, Not all of them. I've seen a bit and I've seen clips and stuff. But yeah, it does kind of feel like we've reached the top of the roller coaster and it's coming back down now the end is in sight yeah is it still holding your attention and gaze oh yeah it definitely is holding my attention I'm still thoroughly entertained whether or not it's good you know it's entertaining at least 
And to my right, unquestionably the baddest man on the planet, because he had a slightly bigger cup of bad this morning, Bobo Billy Keeble. Yo. How's it going? Pretty bad. Really? Oh, no. Bad boy. Oh, bad. All right. Oh, yeah. Oh, I see. Bad is in good. Yeah. Okay, that's all right so then. Sick as well. Same question to you, Billy. We're on the tail end of the invasion arc. How is No Mercy holding up for you? How is the show holding up for you? Have you noticed like differences in quality now that we're on the tail end? Well, I mean, I'd, I'd say that the quality overall has remained the same of mediocre in terms of the Alliance storyline. <laughs> Which but, is the storyline, I guess. Yeah. Apparently. But uh, everything with Austin, I've been enjoying throughout. Okay. There hasn't been, there hasn't been a downtime with Austin for me um, during this uh, season. But okay. everything else has been a bit... Eh. Well, speaking of Austin, this might be a reason why the build to this show was so fucking horrible, is that we had a little bit of a vacation for the Rattlesnake. Mm. More on that in a moment. Austin was gone for a number, a number of weeks, but broad strokes, what has happened since our last show is that Austin went away for around three or four weeks. He came back. He's won the WWE Championship again. Kurt Angle is spinning his wheels. William Regal has turned heel. And Mick Foley is back with the worst fucking British accent Ever. It's No Mercy 2001. The struggle for power. Three men fighting for the gold. The desperate man grasping onto his identity, which slowly slips away from his once iron grip. The vengeful man trying to regain the taste of power, momentarily savored and abruptly lost. And the confident man ready for battle at risk of losing nothing and the opportunity to gain it all. Three men with varying motivations, yet all sharing a common goal. One man will emerge triumphant while sparing his opponents no mercy. Struggle for power. Iron grip. Blech. Iron, <laughs> you guys are the best. What do you think of the old intro package laying out here for us? Pretty awesome, yeah. Pretty badass monologue. Austin looks terrifying and troubled in it. Like, so you've got like the close-up zooms of all their different faces, and when they're talking about Austin's iron grip, <laughs> uh, they zoomed in on his skull ring. Yeah, going. You know, like, you're never gonna beat the Skullbuster. <laughs> <laughs> Not in a million years. He's never gonna beat us. I thought it was really uninteresting. The, the opening package. Oh, I, really? Was, I, I really didn't care for it. Just short and uninteresting. After the Unforgiven one, anything was good. I think really because that one was just steal images. At least the people came to the to the show to get their pictures taken this time. You know. This is where they should have had the triple faced Austin. But yeah, they have it is um, RVD. RVD. <laughs> <laughs> the middle head is like, I want to drink beer. It's like, no man, smoke weed, drink milk. Woo! <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> they have done a really great job here, and this is great because I was really worried throughout the early episodes of this, particularly the recent two ones, where we were given so much credit for the Austin character and the subtleties of it. And I was worried that, like, we were just putting a lot more on it than it actually was. Yeah. Like, it's just, oh, Austin's just been crazy. And we were kind of doing the whole thing about his paranoia and all that. But the, the thing where they show the picture of Austin here and they refer to him as a desperate man slowly losing his hold on his identity as it slips away. 
Oh! Yeah, we weren't wrong. Yeah. Well, yeah. That was intentional. Us and not Freddie Blassie and Jim <laughs> Ross were all on the same page with this angle. Come on, Steve, it's good. Cool ass shots of all three men. Kurt Angle, though, really feels like just window dressing here. Yeah. Did anyone else get that feeling on this show that Kurt's just not as hot as Kurt was at Unforgiven? And now he seems like he's nothing. What's well, wrong? Because they've taken the title away from him. Yeah, you had the chase. He had the big victory. Now he's lost it again. And we've already done the chase once, so it's not as exciting this time around. Like, Do you think, and I mean, we'll get into it, I guess, before the main event. Do you think that that little hot shot thing then of putting the belt on Kurt after 9-11, basically in their own mission to kind of make everyone feel a bit better, mm. do you think that did hurt Kurt in the long term? I think so. I don't think that hurt him. I think taking the belt off him again so quickly is what hurt him. Like. Yeah. I don't know. It feels like Kurt. He's like, he just pulls a silly face. It's like, at the end of this, he's like, kind of, hey, guys, forget about me. He's like, Ugh. Mm. I remember why I don't like you in the first place. <laughs> you better not say anything about my fucking sports team, mate, yeah? The set tonight. <sighs> Whoa! It's only cloaks and mirrors. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> It's so rubbish. Yeah. It's so fucking bad. Bed sheets everywhere. We got a stacked show here tonight. And this was actually a show I don't recall. I don't even think I saw this when I was a kid. Yeah, I don't remember think about this. It. I think this might have been one of those ones that, like, you know, there was shows that I wanted to watch and then just ended up that it, it didn't work out for whatever reason. Yeah. And if you don't watch it live back in those days, rewatching mm. was usually sometimes a bit difficult. Yeah. Or there was occasionally Sky would like, because they give away all the main pay-per-views, but every now and then they would decide to charge for a really oh, random one, like yuck. pay 30 quid for No Mercy. Maybe that's why I missed it. Perhaps. Like, but did you see this one as a kid? Don't remember seeing it at all. Ah. Starting things off here tonight, a hot opener this one, WCW tag belts on the line as Matt and Jeff, the Omega Boys, take on Lance Storm and the Hurricane. A lot of people at ringside. You've got Lisa with Matt and Jeff. Lance Storm has got Ivory, and Hurricane has got Molly Holly. That's a lot of people on the outside. Yeah. I don't buy any of them apart from Lisa, really. Like, hey, you know what I'd like to see? Those three women wrestle a match. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That'd be ridiculous. Ivory, Molly, Holly, and Lita, and you're like, yeah, go stand there and look at Lance Storm. That's your job tonight. Yeah. Seriously? Come on, guys. The new music for the Hurricane. Uh, oh, what's that? No, no, no. It's, I like it's the old fine, one, but it's not as fun as the old one. Yeah. So you much prefer? Uh, yeah, you were bang on. It is a Tony Hawk's like menu, like character select kind of track. Yeah, and that's way more fun for his annoying character whereas now this is like the Tony Hawk's special bonus level which is a superhero level which is not fun at all nah. I did not thought it out it's way too hard to, to get the, the skate tape on it <laughs> so there's new music for the Hurricane and Hurricane has got a new sidekick mm. in Molly Holly mm. Mighty Molly Mighty Molly now do you know Billy how Mighty Molly came to be um, did she do an Andy Kaufman and play the Mighty Mouse theme on a record <laughs> <laughs> Did I, like, I come to like, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's what I'll do. Do that, Molly. <laughs> you always heard that Vincent Mann's like slightly obsessed with Mighty Mouse. Mighty Mouse. Like, yeah. You want Neville to be Mighty Mouse. Mm. I think that's all Vincent Mann what was. What does that like. mean, though? What? Like, I want you to be Mighty Mouse. I want you to be a cartoon mouse. <laughs> the- what? What is going through Vince's head? What does he see 
in a human version of Mighty Mouse. Okay, I think if you go into Vince's mind, first of all, there's an impenetrable layer of, of a burrito wrap out there, mm. you know, that whole wheel wrap, and then you get in there, and then there's the steak, okay? And then you get through that, and then there's the ketchup. And then inside there, those are the thoughts of yeah. his brain. And if you really listen carefully, you can hear the Mighty Mouse theme playing. And that comes out now and then, and that's why Vince did that. Maybe it's like Vince's Bobo or something from when he was like a really young, innocent child. Oh, like, a time I, gone by. I Honestly, when I hear of Mighty Mouse and think of Vince, I think of him in short pants in a trailer <laughs> in, like, in North Carolina going, Yeah, come on, pal. Mighty but, like 70-year-old Vince still. Oh, so back to 70-year-old Vince. has to be, oh, there's Mighty Mouse, the competitor. <laughs> Mouse not why is, is a performer and quite frankly that stand up for Mighty Mouse every time you do that you sound like you're on the verge of throwing up like right, right at the top of your throat like <laughs> He's 70 something years old. All the steak wraps are solely cleaver out of his mouth now. Like, you know, there's not a lot much room left now, you know? So, Mighty Molly, how she came to be was very, very strange indeed. So, Molly Holly got like knocked out essentially in a match. And Hurricane, who had said he was on the lookout for a new sidekick, he wanted a sidekick. Now, last month, Hurricane Lance Storm had Ivory with them. And Ivory was, you know, doing everything it would seem on, you know, to to be part of that act and mm-hmm. she did the whole thing they had a whole choreographed mm-hmm. thing in the ring and all that so it seemed obvious that it would be Ivory and like they literally had Lance Strong go oh Ivory surely and he's like yeah Ivory's she's pretty virtuous but I need someone who's like 100% virtuous which is a bit weird seeing as Ivory's whole thing was that she's in the right to censor yeah but whatever so Molly Holly got knocked out and then Hurricane kidnapped her Put her in the horocycle, danced around a bit. Sorry, the horocycle is his, <laughs> okay. his vehicle. His, okay. his vehicle. Like he unveiled it. It's like be is like a knocked out Molly Holly's like, behold Molly, the horocycle. She's knocked out, mate. Like she drives away. Kidnaps her basically. Yeah. And then she comes back the following week and she's like, Holy sidekicks, I'm mighty Molly. And she just talks like Burt Ward, basically. So what's he done? Is it like some sort of Ludovico technique thing of just yep. just showing her comic panels? Like <laughs> it's never elaborated on, and that's what's so weird about it is that Hurricane still presented as this very goofy, you know, kind of silly character who has skills and has mm-hmm. heart, yada yada. But he is still very much like no one believes. You know, he's not actually a superhero. No, he's, yeah. he's silly. So it's never explained why or how he managed to brainwash Molly Holly. Just that she has been brainwashed. It's a bit. Sinister, isn't it, for such a silly character to then brainwash or kidnap and brainwash someone? Like I mean, that. can you remember the last group who did that? Right to censor. Yeah, and that was like, get in the van, <laughs> get in the van, you know, get in the horocycle. It's no, it's still bad. It's still bad. Horocycle, yes, is less creepy than a white van. Still, though, don't get into a horocycle with a stranger. Like, it's fucking weird. Does he at least have a little sidecar for Molly? Yes. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Absolutely. Which Molly gets to ride the first time passed out in, obviously, because he just puts her <laughs> there. Like, the best thing about the horocycle, though, is that Hurricane did have a little mini feud with the Acolytes. Uh, like, the Acolytes showed up one day for work, you know, to go open up their office. It's like, hey, what's going on? And the the door and, like, the, the table and the filing cabinet were all looped up with some, like, chain. And you see the chain follows it along, and there's Hurricane the horocycle. He goes, vile villains, charging people for protection. What's up with that? And he just drives off, and he steals their office <laughs> to which Bradshaw had the greatest comeback line ever stand back there's an ass kicking coming through <laughs> and then later on him and Farouk stole the horocycle and you bet your sweet ass Farouk got in that sidecar like he's there with a big cigar come on man let's go to the pay-per-view like. <laughs> <laughs> 
Imagine if you were driving somewhere in the highways and byways of America and you looked out your window and you saw Farouk smoking a big ass cigar in a little sidecar and there's the, the hair of Bradshaw's flowing in the wind like <laughs> See it just makes me because I can't think of a motorbike with a sidecar without thinking of uh, Wallace, Wallace and Gromit, and Gromit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I hope it has like it's a little plane that comes out <laughs> Porridge firing gun out of it like. So Molly Holly as the superhero. I mean, what do you think of this gimmick? I mean, you saw not much of it here, Billy. You've seen some of it on TV, Adam. It looks all right. I've, I've got no complaint. I like the gimmick itself, and I think she's very good at it because she really dives headfirst into the, oh, I'm Mighty Molly, like she gives it her all. Jiminy Jillikers! Jiminy Jillikers! Jiminy <laughs> But the timing of it right after all that sweet Romeo and Juliet stuff with Spike Dudley, mm. I find it actually really, like... <laughs> Sad that, that all that happened, and then Molly just gets brainwashed, and that's yeah. it. It's over. Like. Yeah, and they never really like. It's just like we want it. We want it. We need another. We need another heel because yeah. Stacy and Tori, like as you can tell from later tonight, they affirm me to say, "Well, they're not going to be wrestlers." Like mm. so, Ivory can wrestle for the women on on the WCW side, and now Molly Holly as well, I guess. But they, they really, I felt sure it was going for like a, a few between Spike and the Hurricane. With the whole angle being Spike being like, I know you're still in there, Molly. Yeah. Like, you gotta get, you know, in like Never. Glow, like when yeah, they go yeah. and see the wrestling, and like there's a guy trying to get his brainwashed wife back and like trying to make her remember. I really felt sure that's where this was going because that would be a nice little hero moment for Spike. It's really sad when you think about all the way back to even WrestleMania 17 just after then. That's when they started the relationship with Spike mm-hmm. and Molly. It mm-hmm. ran through for months and months and months up until, you know, when Spike got injured, he broke his leg mm. from Bubba. I mean, that obviously put a scarper in plans, but you ever hear when they, the rumours of like, oh, if you get injured, they kill your angle, basically. Mm. Feels like Spike's angle just got completely killed, yeah. and Molly's just got changed to, you know, Molly's character was changed solely for, I think, just to f- flesh out ranks in the roster. Yeah. They did allude to Spike getting some sort of more story. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Monday or Tuesday, the SmackDown after we had the reveal of Mighty Molly, and like uh, Smack Spike was like looking at it and was like, I can't believe it, like heartbroken. You know, she she won't speak to me. She she doesn't even recognize me. Like just complete. It was a real hard fucking like she knows to know Spike is at all anymore, and he's heartbroken. And who appears in the Titantron to make it all better is the Big Show. <laughs> So Spike is literally like down at the dumps and up on the screen comes the Big Show. Now you can tell the Big Show had been stationed at WWF New York because he looked fucking exhausted and like he didn't give a shit. It's basically it's like, hey, look, it's WWF New York and he gets out of bed. Hey guys, it's me, Big Show. And he goes, Spike, I know you're feeling down, but I'm the Big Show and I'm your tag partner and your friend. I'm going to take you out Ow! for a night on the town that you ain't ever going to forget. And I was like, whoa! And Spike's like, all right, big guy. We'll see what you got. I will see. They never showed it the segment. They never showed it. <laughs> <laughs> they never showed That's it, it though. Spike, Spike's like, all right, big man. And the picture's like, it's going to be pretty wild when we see what we do. And they never showed it. <laughs> Now, I was really pissed off because I was hoping it was going to be like a Mick Foley and Al Snow type yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, and, and Al, you know, fucking Big Show and Spike, they can have comedy timing. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah, they could do it. And uh, yeah, I think the only way I've not been upset by this is that I told myself is that they had a night that was so. Hang on, I'm looking up some youth terminology here. Lit. Mm. That the night was so lit. This lit night 
was so lit that they didn't record any of it. Or it couldn't be shown. Or it couldn't be shown. Yeah. Too blue, like, you know. Yeah. The big show and oh, Spike. You immediately, yeah. like, counteracted your hipness saying lit by using the term blue. <laughs> Straight after. The kids aren't using blue anymore. No, no. They don't even know who Peter Kay is anymore. What? Like, yeah. God, I thought this generation was wizards. Turns out they're naff. <laughs> Peter Kay's garlic dead, mate. <laughs> So I did Big Show and Spike being like, oh man, we should have taped this. Ah, whatever though, like, you know. <laughs> there also was a part of me that really wanted it to be like, cut them WF New York and they used to have like dinner, like, and Spike's just a bit sad. The Big yeah. Show's like, you alright? Well, yeah, alright, cool. Well, see you next week, buddy. Uh. <laughs> Heyman brings up the Omega League quite early on. Mm. Yeah, bringing out that hurricane you had yeah. feuded with Matt and Jeff before. Billy, you've been uh, in the uh, DVD market recently looking oh, for some yes. choice cuts. I, I, I found a... A DVD copy of, I think, every episode of the Matt Hardy show. That's where the Angel Diablo made his debut. <laughs> and it seriously looks like Trailer Park Boys. It's available oh, on North Carolina. It's Jeez. available on Digitally Versatile Disc, aka DVD. <laughs> it's 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 so good that Matt Hardy is actually in the background. <laughs> what? And it, it, it on the cover, in on the very front is uh, Shannon Moore and Jeff Hardy, and Matt's just in the background going, "Hi, this is my show." <laughs> I'm Shannon Moore and welcome to Jackass. I don't know if it's a good idea or not, but I'm feeling that we because you got. I think we should do it. You got another one as well. That's like some Omega stuff and some of their trampoline federation of the Hardys. Amazing. We should totally review that. Do you like Matt Hardy's outfit here tonight? Remind me what he's wearing. He had half black and half white. Oh yeah, like the domino. It's like the cookie from Seinfeld. If people could just look to Matt Hardy's outfit, you know, you got the black and the white living together in harmony. The white bit gets a bit gross and sweaty though very early on, yeah. and it's like, okay, Matt, take it off, please. Just, just take it off. What I don't like is Jeff's little hat. Yeah, have some mm-hmm. fucking respect. Legit. Silly little hat. What? He's just wrestling in a cap. You're a grown up, mate. Come on. There's fucking there's there's a line you do not cross in the wrestling business, and wrestling with your hat on. That's fucking real. That's like wrestling with no shoes on you, coming out there fucking breaking your mother's heart. Like all those fans in the crowd looking at that hat, like, oh, I bet he's going to throw it. To- no, he's not going. Oh, he's going to keep it. I no, guess. it just it just it stays in the ring throughout the match. So once it comes off his head, no one bothers to kick it out. No. I would start stomping on it so he never wears it again. Like, <laughs> well, that's what I was hoping would happen. Like, like someone was going to do like a, a Ric Flair kind of thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know that my baseball cap costs more than your wristband. I just- <laughs> Hurricane zips around with Jeff Hardy with hurricane-style theatrics. So fucking funny. Him doing his little, like, dances and poses mm. and all that. He keeps doing things as well where he tries to do other big guys' moves on them. Yeah. Such as doing the choke slam to the big show and to Kane. He tried to tombstone Kane. <laughs> and then there's the best one where um, I swear it's the hardest I've ever seen anyone get hit. It was after he stole Bradshaw's office. He tried to do the clothesline for hell on Bradshaw. Like, literally, like, his arm... Bent backwards, kind of <laughs> snapped. Yeah, pretty much this muscled up statue, Bradshaw just standing there. And Bradshaw literally goes, huh, and then hits him so hard he spins half the way around. It's, he kills him. I fucking love the Hurricane. He's doing so well, I think. He's mm. so, so over. Sweet double team moves by Lance Storm and the Hurricane as well. Like, 
Yeah, I don't know about that. Like, they're clearly such polar opposites in terms of character. You've got the real stick in the mud and the real crazy, wacky character. Mm -hmm. So they're obviously an odd couple tag team, but they are functioning like someone that's been together for as long as the Dudley boys, almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's no signs of there being any tension or anything. They're just like a solid tag team. Because Lance Storm, I reckon, and the Hurricane as well, I guess, there's a type of people like... You hear the story of when Stone Cold was putting the Hollywood Blondes with Brian Pillman. It's like, you guys are literally just being thrown together. And they're like, fuck it. And they went and they came up with tag moves, got all the stuff. And it's like, we're, you won't treat us seriously until we treat ourselves seriously. So that's them trying to put themselves over, I guess. Absolutely makes sense as a work ethic and an attitude. Just as characters, I don't buy it at all. Mm. It seems really forced. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem right that those... Like, I get odd couple pairings, mm. but those two are complete polar opposites. Yeah. Where in, like, kayfabe, I can't see it. It Still, could make for a really entertaining team if they played that up, but they the, don't. The thing we talked about last month yeah. where it was like, you know, the... Uh that Lance thinks that Hurricane is a parody that he the is actually isn't. Yeah. I love though this, even though it probably makes no sense, I just love the idea of it, like the invasion and the alliance being kind of shit and it's like, these guys are alright, like they're pretty good, they're probably two of our only good wrestlers. Mm. Can't rely on Sean O'Hare anymore, so let's just put them together, like in kayfabe. I like as well that Hurricane insists on doing a hurra-tag. <laughs> like Lance puts his hand out to tag and Hurricane puts out the fist, he's like, come on Lance, and Lance is like, Okay, and he fist bumps him. Like they had to do a few, did a few backstage segments where Hurricane went up to him and goes, "Her team powers activate," and he puts out his fist and Lance's, you know, very, very, very slowly fist bumps him. And goes form of a tag team. <laughs> <laughs> and they go out together. Like Lance don't like the chicanery. Hot tie to Jeff Hardy, and Jim Ross says that Hurricane has been downgraded to little wind. Good stuff. Hurricane dons his cape and dives to the outside. Fucking nice-ass dive on him yeah. there. The Hardy Boys fight back with some poetry in motion. There's a really great near fall as Hurricane avoids the second poetry in motion and rolls up Jeff. Beautiful double super kick by Lance Storm and the Hurricane, two on one. And then we get a crazy fucking finish here. Everyone comes into play. Lita wipes out Molly, who interferes. Ivory wipes out Lita. Jeff hits Ivory. Like, mm. that was weird how just he fucking dived at her. No hesitation whatsoever. Yeah, I just did it straight away. Uh, it was really strange because we recently reviewed an episode of SmackDown for SmackDown Crawl on Patreon where Edge speared Lita. Like, just off screen, and Edge was a face. Mm. And the same with the Jeff is here. And it was still, like, so shocking in 2000, where it was like, boom, they just run, run her down like that. It felt like that here as well. And, like, the announcers don't know what to say, because this is, you know, two months ago, it was like, oh, Jericho would never hit a woman. Yeah. And Ivy didn't even hit Jeff. Like, Ivy was just, you know, hit, hit Lita or whatever. And then Jeff was like, oh, no, man, I'm going to beat you up. Yeah. And Heyman goes, can you explain that, JR? And JR's like, where... Yeah. Uh, oh, look, there's other stuff happening now. Like, you know, just move on with this. Blink and you'll miss it, folks. It was really gross. Lita Hurricane Rana's Lance Storm. Where are the tags, JR? The role yeah. of Paul Heyman will be played by Billy Keeble <laughs> yeah. tonight. But... Swanton Bomb. Hardy Boys win. I really, really like this match. Very good opener. Yeah. WCW Tag Team Championships don't mean a whole ton. Yeah, I don't care about that. It could have been a non title match for all I care. Backstage, Rob Van Dam arrives with the evil William Regal. I assume you're going to apologize to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, cool, whatever, man. You better not be working with Vince McMahon. Yeah, cool, whatever, man. Don't do anything you'll regret. 
yeah, cool, whatever, man. I don't like Rob Van Damme's character anymore. Very boring. Mm. Fucking plain as day. Just just casual. That is his character. He is a casual man. Like So Austin was gone for a couple of weeks after he lost the belt to Kurt Angle. And Austin would only communicate via fax via Paul Heyman. So Heyman like did the whole, ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? Just like the anonymous Royal yeah. General Manager, basically. Gray he and Heyman would stand up like, I've received a fax from Stone Cold. And in the absence, Austin was just like kind of saying, oh, Jim Ross is saying bad things about me. Vince McMahon's talking mess about me. And then it would just uh, be Rob Van Damme in the background while the Alliance has got a power vacuum. He wasn't trying to get any power. People like Kanye would come up to him and be like, oh, I'm feeling really bad because no one likes me. And he's like, hey, man, you're Canyon. All right, cool, whatever, man. He's like, oh, thanks, Rob. You're the best. Or Mike Austin's like, I'm fucking, I'm really bad. Everyone, I'm shit. There <laughs> <laughs> <No>, he was. <laughs> and Rob and Dam's like, cool, whatever, man. He's like, wow, I just feel better, like, you know? <laughs> so Rob and Dam is kind of accidentally mm. become like a bit the of a power figure and a locker room leader, exactly, yeah. William Regal, on the other hand, is now a heel. I don't know. I'm broken about this. Tell me your feelings. I because obviously Regal's a great heel and yeah. he's really entertaining as a heel, but it felt so right and so nice to have babyface William Regal for the first time. It was one of the few things that I felt made it feel like an invasion. The fact that you had normally because William Regal didn't change; he was still a pompous ass. But because he was on our side, he's exactly. the WWF. Yeah. yeah. But no, he has to be the heel now. Mm. And yeah, I don't really buy it either. Like he was with WCW for a spell, I guess. But he's very clearly a WWF guy these days. He's a fucking commissioner. Like they never bring up, by the way, the fact that he used to be in WCW. That's oh never... come! On. So that's not even part. So he just of it. did it because reasons. Yeah. And as well, can you think of one person who might be very interested, or whose opinion we might want to know about, given that William Regal has turned heel and left the WWF? To jury? Yeah. Well? Not been brought up yet. Oh, come on. Now, they do have a match down the line, but, like, what the fuck? Yeah, I, you've I, already yeah. missed it then. Like. I would have, like, had the, like, legit, the moment it was where Austin was facing Angle, William Regal had come out, and he was like, he was going to be sat at ringside, he made sure Deborah wasn't there, he would make sure no one in the Alliance was there, and then he came in and he clocked Angle with the belts. So it was kind of, it was really like upsetting moments and all that. And I just assumed the next week it'd be like Tajiri's in Regal's office, kind of like wondering what's going on. And there'd be some explanation. No, just he's the Alliance now. He's just thrown away like a great story in a match. No! Just thrown it away. Yeah. I don't know if we've been reading in loads into it. It's like every fucking second backstage segment was William Regal and Tajiri fucking having it out. Like Mm -hmm. they tagged together. There was loads of big. You know the moment where Tajiri and Regal tricked Taz into thinking that Tajiri had joined ECW? Like how must the crowd reacted and how special it was? The Alliance doesn't need more WWF guys. No. I did some counting. So, do you know how many people who were not here before 17 came in for the Alliance storyline? So, are you including people like Rhino and Spike then who came in, like, not as part of the actual Alliance storyline? So, they, they don't count because okay. they were here at 17. Mm-hmm. Okay. 24, 24. If, you in, if you include one person who makes one appearance at Survivor Series. Okay. okay. Do you know how many are on this card tonight? I'd say maybe 10. Five. Wow! Five. Six, if you include Billy Kidman, who was on the dark match. Wow, geez. Five, people, and two of them is the fucking lingerie match. Uh... They've, they've got so... they brought in so many of these guys 
and they're not using them. Well, they've convinced themselves that they they can't work, and it's gone to the point now, like where you could probably look at someone like maybe DDP. You know, as much as I love DDP, but it didn't work, and. You know, as even though it was worked, it stacked against him. I think that we could agree that it was probably doomed to be a failure, regardless. I think to an extent with Regal, but it feels like there's even guys now like Canyon who they've given you no reason to assume they're anything other than a great performer who can fucking talk on the mic, who can work in the ring. There's loads of guys like that, yeah, and they're like they've just been all charred with the same brush. It's, it's weird because it it's predetermined. <laughs> You, what? It, it is what they make of it. Yeah. yeah. You can't have like you know Undertaker and Kane versus Canyon and DDP where they're booked to lose. They go back to the back and said you didn't win there. <laughs> bunch of losers. <laughs> these are like a bunch guys. of losers. You're booking the show. It's their own. You're doing. the one who are making them look bad and then blaming them for mm-hmm. it. Yeah, you're it burying doesn't them. Makes sense. They've been buried and then they're using the lack of reaction from them being buried as some sort of justification. Yeah. It's so fucking lame and hokey. And it's interesting that you bring up Billy Kidman because Billy Kidman, before he left, you know, he had a couple of good matches with X-Pac. He was being pushed, like, other than Robert Dam as being, oh, the real popular member of the Alliance. You know, he was in the in-ring segments with Stephanie and Heyman and stuff. He comes back after this injury. He works his ass off to get back in, like, a month and a half from his fucked up knee. And he's straight away relegated to Heat. He's not even on Raw or SmackDown. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Like, it's not as if you have too many guys. But they don't need that because now the Alliance has got Regal. And the Alliance has now got fucking Christian as well. What? Who else is going to fucking join this shit show? William Regal, one good thing, though, about him turning heel is that he got really bitching new entrance music. Oh, has he got his official evil music now? Well, you see, you know, your the evil music is when you think the yeah, not that one. No, it's, it's, it's a precursor to that, which is. Did Angelo Badalamenti? <laughs> oh, Vince! Oh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> and then you just see William Regal, and he hits Kurt Angle with the WWF champ. Oh, Angelo! <laughs> so it reminded me. No one's going to get this reference. Soldiers at War on PC. Yeah, <laughs> cracking game. Soldiers at War. Soldiers at War. <laughs> yeah. It had a very similar opening theme to it. Soldiers at War. Super like. army. Souls. <laughs> Souls of War as opposed to the less popular sequel, Soldiers at the Supermarket. <laughs> but um, what I liked about it was that, right, the normal one, the Regal's currently, the brruh, 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 that's like fucking England's just swinging a mace, going brruh, yeah. and destroying the world. His original theme is more kind of like like the baddie from uh, Pirates of the Caribbean looking out and seeing all the destruction of Captain Balazar and just having like, a tear run down his eyes going, what have we done? We're <laughs> mixing with forces we don't even understand. I should have listened to Giant Depp. That that type of that type of music. That is the music that William Regal has. Well said. Vince McMahon is here. Hey, there he is. Here's a question for you. Where has Vince been? Taking care of business. Yeah. Holding things down. <laughs> No? I don't, I don't know where he's been. Oh, I, I really hoped you'd have an answer No, there's for been it. no explanation. It was after The Rock came back in your Rock Rock Bottom Vince. Mm. And Vince was like, oh, I can't promise you I won't screw you. And Rock Rock Bottomed him said, I'm back at the WWF. And Vince has not been on TV pretty much since. XFL crisis meetings? Possibly. Oh, yeah. Very good Being around point. this time that yeah. they were... 
<laughs> he's sitting down with Kevin Dunn and Big John to decide the winner of Tough Enough. Like, I need three months <laughs> in a ca- in a big cabin with a big sack of peanuts. Like a lot of a lot of coffee, a lot of steak wraps. Like. So yeah, Vince comes out. He's no blazer on him, which is very interesting. And Michael Cole's like, "Well, Vince, where have you been?" Doesn't doesn't say. Mm. It's just not been around. Like there, that shows you something about this alliance storyline. Surely, we should know where Vince is. Yeah. Like at all, he's the, he's the guy. He's our guy, right? He's the leader of fucking the WWF. Yeah, he's like the main character of this invasion, pretty much. He's letting this fucking invasion happen now, mate. Like, go yeah. and get rid of it. Stop it. They didn't even beat him down and get rid of him. Like, yeah. it'd be one thing like, you could have gone. You could have made anyone on that alliance had them lay out. How if Vince McMahon got gorge? Yeah. You know, mm. or Vince McMahon got fucking, I don't know, I'm better than you, Chris Canyon's finisher, allegedly. They, if they were going to do that, they would have let Test be the one to do it or something. <laughs> like, it wouldn't probably. have been a WCW guy. Yeah, but. probably one of the real WCW stalemates like uh, Christian or yeah. fucking Test. So Vince got a nice olive jacket on him tonight. You know, Cole drops the jacket as well, though, which I know is a very bad move there. And he says that he's here to make an impact. Next time you drop my jacket, I'm going to drop you. I was a hundred percent positive that Vince was going to join the alliance tonight. <laughs> you know what? It, made, it would have made sense. I was a hundred percent positive that this was going to happen, and I was going to be, laugh at how fucking awful that would be. And I was up until the end of this pay per view, I was a hundred percent sure that was what was going to happen. You know what? As much as we laugh and as ridiculous as that sounds, I th- I can honestly argue that we'll have one that is as equally as stupid as that before mm. the next pay per view in yeah. terms of a turn to the alliance. So, yeah, we can only assume that Michael Cole has not dropped Vince McMahon's jacket in the last 18 years. So, good job, Michael Cole. Coming up next, Test versus Kane. Oh, man, the battle lines have been drawn. <laughs> Who's going to win? Is it going to be Test or Kane? <laughs> this is the Alliance versus the WWF. Test coming out with the WCW and ECW logo. Come on! This is literally a SmackDown matchup, like... Alright, I'm going to say this right now. Uh, did anyone look at this and kind of go, alright, this is going to be fucking shit. I'm test yeah. and Kane. Oh yeah, of course. Everyone, yeah, we agreed that, that we, we assumed this, we prejudged yeah. this match. Naturally. We did How To Kane for How To Wrestling, which is an introductory podcast to get you into the world of wrestling that I also do. Adam was on that episode where he introduced New Fan Joe to the world of Kane. And I found it quite difficult to actually find, we always have to find a few matches to show the person to illustrate them, the, the wrestler is a worker and whatnot. And Kane was actually quite hard to find. You know, what are Kane's great matches? Mm. And someone actually sent me this going, oh, Test versus Kane. And I laughed my head off going, <laughs> Test versus Kane. Yeah, we're going to watch that. Before we get into it, I'm going to say, I think this is one of my favorite Kane matches ever and probably my favorite Test match ever. Wow. I fucking adored this thing. Test bleeds WCW. No, he doesn't. <laughs> really? He does. He was never there. He hates the Mean Street Posse, therefore he bleeds WCW. That's how it works. Also, he's soaking wet. Yeah. He looks much more like an otter than he should. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a little stone on his belly, mm. like, playing with... He's taken, he's taken over for Chris Benoit. What, is the, the oiled-up, greasy Canadian? Well, no, just being looking like an otter. I've always thought, like, Chris Benoit has got a big old otter face. Yeah, it's true. He smashes those clams on his tummy, like... So, Booker T and Tess actually won the tag team championships. Uh, the WCW tag belts. It's very sad, because, like, Booker T, after last month, Unforgiven, where he got resoundly beaten with a two... Sorry, three, four-on-one advantage. Mm. 
he was spinning this wheel, so they did a thing straight away where him and Test won the WCW tag belts. Pretty much like, you know, to, to put him over as being, you know, credible, I guess. And Shane's been paired with Test and Booker as well. It actually made Shane just seem like a bit rinky-dink. Yeah. The owner of WCW is like, has to help fucking lads with a WCW tag title match. Gross. So he has been pushed a bit, no Test. He was put right up there with, with Booker T against Booger Red and Kane. So they obviously see something in them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. At least it's not chronic. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. We should be really fucking grateful in that regard. Fancy booking, if you're putting Kane against uh, Adams or Clark, who would you put him in against? Which muscled-up statue would you want to see his head drop in the sand? Clark is the gruntier of the two, I think, so yeah. I'll go with Clark. Clark, who does sound like he's getting sick a lot of the time when he grunts, yeah. <laughs> okay, um, there's a problem with this match with, with Kane today, wouldn't is it, it? Is it his shoe? It is. Dude. What's wrong with his shoe? It's just, like, falling apart. It's like he's he's, like not realise where his match is on the card and he's not laced one of his boots mm. and he's just, you've just got to go out mate so it's just like it's just falling apart see I thought I saw him pop it back on a few times like he has it tied up but there's actually it's the cover it's not the actual boot itself yeah. and this is the worst thing about this match I love this match but there's something world breaking about discovering that best Kane attire has got velcro boots yeah he is fallible and like. Kane going ah, just, it's not oh no my Velcro's not working. <laughs> you know, that's, that's shit. Like, what happened out there, Kane? I don't know, man. Something will go wrong with my Velcro. And uh, I don't know, maybe I should wear big boy shoes and get my laces on next time. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the grunts are non-stop. Yes, there is a lot of good grunts in this match. And not just from Test and Kane. We've got Stinky Dink Patrick as well on yeah. referee. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> when there's a chick and he goes... <laughs> <laughs> we should mention as well the WCW refs have been given new shirts as oh, well. Fucking awful. Yeah, they're, they're not ugly. shirts, they're blouses. <laughs> 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 fucking awful. Here, Nick Patrick, wear this pillowcase. Okay. <laughs> they're what, light grey? Yeah, and very baggy. And no collar, no collar on them, no. is there? So what it's like a V neck. It's like a polo shirt but without the collar. Mm. It's really weird, it's horrible. When I saw them, all it screamed to me was Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo resetting Nitro in two thousand going, This is gonna fix everything. <laughs> Did you see the new shirts? <laughs> no collars. <laughs> and the interest of fairness and to give out some of the other matches to other people to talk about, I gave this one to Adam because I wrongly assumed that it was a shit match and I wouldn't want to talk about. <laughs> and uh, I regret that decision immediately. Over to Adam. Came back to haunt you. Came yeah. back to haunt you more like. <laughs> Quickly, Billy. Well, he's not. Well, he's not. He's, he's, he's broken on the loop. We go in and call the match. Sir. <laughs> Very, very nice, fast start to the match. Like, because straight away we were groaning at the idea of it, but immediately they shut us up by going straight in with some nice back and forth, some good right hands. The fucking bump rate from these two big hosses. Yeah. You know, when people want a hoss division, this is the this is the standard, I this think. This is the reason why, is matches like this. But, you know, even though we get the nice fast-paced offense, you can't help it. You can't resist the temptation to take it to the corner once more time. Mm. Like, Kane goes in there, starts bopping around a oh. bit, and then Tess with the Irish whip into the opposite corner. And then Tess gets a bit of corner offense in as well. Do you think there's a little OCD with Tess or Kane where it's like, I, I can't do any moves until we've been to all four corners and done a few Do you think elements. it's like a strap match or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's because the world will end if you don't touch all four corners. Really. <laughs> Tess does a really nice like stalling vertical suplex onto Kane makes him look really fucking strong I felt that Test at the early part of the match seemed like he was a bit nervous almost yeah 
that he was like doing things like bumping early on the moves were being done to him and stuff like that. And he seemed like he seemed more. You ever see what wrestlers where it's like they have that look in their face where they're biting their lower lip like I gotta do it and they're more yeah. concerned with taking the bump and getting up for the next move than selling. Yeah. And Tess was being the big brave boy with his big brave boy face getting up every time but he wasn't selling he was bumping early. Yeah. And I can't help but think that Al Snow should come out and go Tess <laughs> do it the way I want it done. If you keep doing this, I'll take you out of the match and Kane will wrestle on his own until I feel you're safe to do it on your... Just Kane, like, wrestling nothing in the ring. By oh! Just Matt wrestling nothing. And Nick Patrick going, ooh. <laughs> Back to the corner again for some more and Kane is already, because it is quite a fast pace, Kane has got the pug breathing going on dead early in this match. So you've got Nick grunting, you've got Tess grunting, you've got Kane going, <laughs> Backstage, the keys is going, <laughs> <laughs> making a cappuccino <laughs> Tess does a lovely big sidewalk slam and he goes up for the big elbow and for some reason everyone boos the fuck out of this Boo. idea like the heat I hate the idea of a spectacular manoeuvre the son of a bitch Tess fucking he gets the shit knocked out of him but he gives as good as he's gotten like him and Kane are throwing each other around yeah. I love it he looks very stiff and very sore notice the heel referee Nick Patrick didn't tell Kane about his boot for like 10 minutes fucking yeah. dirty heel ridiculous because like. he's WCW through and through you know what Billy he's secret I... agent like <laughs> You know he probably would do that fucking crook Nick Patrick. Bet you ref the next match wearing a hat like, you know. Mm. Come out wearing a ball cap, <laughs> chewing gum in the corner like. I mean Hebner would have like waited for it to like fall off and pocketed it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Jeff is wearing the hat now. He's like, if I take this lid off my I'm head, not leaving man. it in, I'm not leaving it in the locker room. Yeah. Hebner's walking about like. <laughs> and he's staring at Errol Hebner's just taking off his belt and taking off his pants as he's talking. Stop it! Stop! <laughs> Tess goes for the giant elbow off the top, but Kane rolls out of the way. And yeah, big guy like Tess off the top rope, landing straight on the floor. Looks fucking ugly. Like. Crowd's into this, big yeah, time. They do pick up for it. And this is always like, you know, you had the hot opener there you know, with the two young teams who are zipping around and doing cool, crazy stuff. Mm. This was like, all right, now the crowd's going to go to sleep a little bit here because Tess and Kane, yeah? Yeah, big and oily man. the crowd were fucking nuclear for us. Yep. Kane goes to lift up Tess and does a nice big... At 22.58, just worth mentioning there. Big, big boot to Kane's face. And when you finally get a close-up of Test, he's bleeding from the mouth. He looks fucking knackered. He's bright red in the face. Like I thought what it was is that his, like, his nose had been like internally broken again. And it's like, kind of, <laughs> kind of caved in and was coming out of his mouth. Ugh, Emotionally gosh. broken nose. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they are beating the fuck out of each other. Kane hits a massive choke slam onto Test, and even though he doesn't get over to make the cover in time, Test kicks out, so he's a bit protected. Kane, yeah, is. I was shocked like that they did like that spot at all. That's yeah. them pretty much telling you, in no certain terms, I think Test is a big star in the mm -hmm. making. Like Test has got a future, I think. Test goes up and he does hit the elbow drop this time, and another near fall. Gets a bit pissed off and goes and gets a lovely powder blue steel chair. Oh, beautiful, best color. WCW chair. <laughs> Heel chair, like. Kane hits a massive standing drop kick to the chair, though. So Test is, like, holding it up. And Kane, pro proper fucking Bob Holly, just leaps up and hits a drop kick right onto it. Like, fucking lovely. I spent around 18 years of my life going, oh, shit, Kane could do a drop kick. Yeah. But I'll never... That 
my brain refuses to categorize that. When I see it happen, my brain's like, no, 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 Kane can't do a dropkick. You're not going to remember that. Well, no, <laughs> I, I, I think Kane can do a dropkick. I know he like, can, yeah. Yeah, Kane can do a dropkick, like a running dropkick or something like that. But no, he is stood static. Standing, and like, yeah. And just does a huge one. Like, it's awesome. It's like that video where you see Bill Gates hopping over a chair from a standing position. Like, yeah. Wow. yeah. <laughs> what a vert. Yeah. Kane goes to hit test with the chair himself, but Nick Patrick stops him, and when Kane shoves him aside, there's a big brouhaha, turns around right into a massive big boot from Test, and Test gets the pin over Kane with a finisher. Like fucking love this match. Very, very impressed. Gotta say. I would say go out of your way to see this one, yeah. folks. This is I think Test's best match. And probably one of Kane's best matches. It's up there, yeah. Definitely up there. In terms of a non-gimmick, non-storyline, you know, non-magic. Yeah. <laughs> just two guys in the ring. And I, I just think completely wrong when I scoffed at it. Fucking loved it. And then after the fact as well, because Nick Patrick cost him the match, obviously. Kane is pissed. Gives him a choke slam. Everyone goes crazy. Starts to leave and is like, nah, I'm going to school. Gives him <laughs> one more choke slam. And then he gives him the alternate finisher. So when he presses Y, he holds the direction this time and gives him that falling power bomb as well. Which was his finisher for all of the two weeks in this Pretty time. Much. I fucking love this. The only thing that spoiled it was at the end when JR goes, Who can stop Kane? Tess? Just, just lost. Did. Fucking hell. <laughs> JR is coming off like a really petty like WWF apologist now. Like he's the one having to lie and bend the truth for the WWF. You really don't have to. Like it's pretty much set up for us to win already here, yeah. JR. Backstage, the coach is with Deborah, who wants to speak with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Coach, do you want to speak with Stone Cold Steve Austin? Hell no, I don't want to talk to that mealy mouth some bitch. But you can tell him that RVD's a piece of trash and that Kurt Angle's a sorry some bitch. I like this then. She's like, oh, by the way, that he's a sorry some bitch. And you know, he keeps coming she out. She censors him as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. She does it the polite way. Cleans it up. I just thought that Deborah couldn't remember what he said. Like, you know, <laughs> it's hard to say if you land and remember it. <laughs> I actually really enjoyed this little backstage. It segment. was funny. Yeah. yeah. I enjoyed it. It was good. So, yeah, Austin is possibly even more psychotic than before. More on that later. Backstage, Stacy Keeber meets young Matt Hardy, who gets shown lingerie. Matt Hardy's got a wandering eye. What about my knob, Stacy? <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> he looks like a horny little teenager. He does. He's like. literally got a. <laughs> they did this awkward segment with him where he walked backstage. Like they're teasing the Hardys' breakup now, basically. They did an awkward segment where Matt was backstage and he went to look for Lee in the women's locker room. And he opens up the door and there's Trish, like in a town. And he's like, oh, well, Trish, sorry. I was just looking for Lita. I'm very sorry to uh, interrupt your. You know, uh, so the hands in the, the little praying thing i'm very sorry to interrupt your <laughs> changeations i'm very sorry like, and then trace like, i'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go to the shower He's like yeah cool and then lita comes in and matt's like whoa lita hey how's it going oh yeah and lita's like i'm just gonna go grab a shower and, lita, and matt's like oh no 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 why don't we go oh, i have an idea why did we not go for a personal sharifications ourselves <laughs> in our own private little town and he, they walk off and he's just such a fucking creep i hate him i hate him so fucking much <laughs> I hope he gets caught like I really do I want to see a Vince McMahon pants around his angle no Lita no no I can't explain the sunny theme plays Stacy versus Tori 
in a lingerie match. The first ever lingerie match. There's no way that's the first ever. Surely not. I think... Like, I think yeah, the first with this name. We've had evening gown right, matches yeah, yeah, yeah. and like Playboy matches and stuff. I mean, yeah. it's classier than a bra and panties match. Yeah. Lingerie. And you know it is because, again, with the sheets all over the Titantron, they have like a four-poster bed kind yeah. of set up above the... And they lower it down. I really thought... This is like the female equivalent of Helena Cell. Like, it is custom built for pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> 300 miles of chain. <laughs> so we got a lingerie promo package for this one. We do. Now, there is there's some story here. So we know that Tori, she's with Tajiri. Yep. And we were kind of pointing out how, like, a lot of the characters like kept going, why are you with? Why are you with Tajiri? And the story's just like, well, he's, he's, he's great. Like, you know, I'd like, I'd get, I'd ask for his number. You know, yeah. he's, he's a nice guy, that Tajiri. And uh, Stacey Keeper took particular umbrage with it. So Stacey feuded with uh, Tori over the fact that Tori was going out with Tajiri. And this is when Tori spit from the alliance and got cussed out by Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm. Now, in the build-up to this, Tori's like, well, at least I have a man. And Stacey's like, I can get any man I want, okay? I can get a man just like that, and he would be tall and dark and handsome, and we'll meet you in the ring tonight. I was like, oh, my God. Stacey's going to get a new boy. Tall, dark, and handsome. Sean Stasiak, right? Because he's very... He's fucking... That meat has been charbroiled, baby. (laughs) You know? (laughs) He's been left in there, you know? So, out comes Stacey Keeper. And Mm. here's Tajiri and Tori waiting. And who's Stacey's tag team partner? Out comes Taz. Taz. And before anyone... Yeah, it's obviously a rib, isn't it? Yeah, and then Stacey grabs the microphone. Before anyone can kind of go, well, Taz, they're like, I'm going to treat seriously. This mixed tag match on Sunday Night Heat is serious business. And Stacey grabs the mic and goes, hey, two out of three ain't bad. Because he's not tall, is it? You know? So... There you go. And like they literally like had segments where Stacy was just like, you know, talking at length and Taz is like, Yeah, sorry, Stacy. Oh yeah. Jesus. Oh, just like yeah, it's fucking awful. Fuck's sake. Here I am. Unky I don't want to go out with your weird Uncle Taz. Ew. Oh. <laughs> Here I am, Uncle Taz. Yeah, your mixed tag team partner. <laughs> I got the stink lines and everything. Oh god. You please take the fries off my head, Stacey. They're extremely hot. No, they're my birthday fries. I will leave them there. <laughs> Stacey's also joined the Dudley Boys. I really like Stacey's Dudley garb. It's yeah. brilliant. It's fucking great. Awesome branding. Like This was something that I remember loving as a kid. I think it was so cool that the Dudley Boys had, like, you know, a Lady Dudley with yeah. them. She started off by wearing, like, the glasses, and then they, they got rid of them, like, after pretty much a week or two. But Heyman puts this over on commentary so much that Stacy is like this mastermind, like the Duchess of Dudleyville, mm. who's, you know, has, makes the Dudley boys do really cruel things, like put Tori through a table and stuff. It's really great most of the time because, like, Stacy's kind of, you know, directing traffic. The only time it didn't work was when the Dudley boys did this big move to Spike where they like threw him against the ropes, they pressed him out of the ring through a table. It was fucking spectacular. Mm. And Stacey was like, do it, kill him, kill Spike Dudley. And they're like, yeah, sure. And they throw him to the outside of the ring and Stacey's like, oh my fucking God, did you guys see all the wow 
She's just fucking freaks out. That was great. Um, but the Dudley Boys did not like working with Stacey Keeper at really? all. Yeah. Well, we mentioned Mirrorgate last week, yeah. Because mm. Stacey used Bubba's mirror. <laughs> and you do not use my full length mirror. But Bubba made this statement about it. And I think it's somewhat true. I'm interested to see what you think. They're heels. They're the Dudley Boys. And Bubba says, why would you take us two mean, ugly motherfuckers and put literally the most beautiful woman in the world by our side? Like, people are gonna people are gonna cheer for that. Mm. And it's true, because then when TNA will come out, you get the way because yeah. Trace is yeah. here, or when you know Dudley's come out now, they instead of getting boo, they get way because yeah. Stacy's gonna do her entrance and yay, there she is. That's true. So, I mean, I guess so. It does work against them, does it? Mm. I think that a female in the Dudleys is a good idea, though. Yeah. I think that'd be good, but I don't know who on the roster you would maybe put there. Molly would be great, like Molly Dudley, like... Yeah, no, I just may- maybe they've got a point. Maybe you couldn't do that when they've got heels. Go- going off of like 2001, Stacey is purely meant to be eye candy for them. Yeah, yeah. You shouldn't really do that with a pair of heels, I guess. That does make sense. The one thing I will say, though, is I just like the fact that Stacey has something. Because yeah. at least, because there's so many people who come in, it's like, what's the difference between Terry, Tori, and Trish? Mm. You know, they're all blonde women who've got a very similar look. At least Stacey now, she's you know, part of the Dudley act, so she's got, like, you know, Dudley gear and stuff. She's True. got some sort of character, as little as it is. We're beating around the bush. We're talking about a fucking lingerie match, aren't we? Yeah. So, yeah. JR says, this'll be most unique. Putting it lightly. I would like to have awkward Matt Hardy on a special commentary, like, you know, special <laughs> lingerie vivations. I'm ex- excited for this uh, uh, hand in a, in a constant prayer mode, like, always when he's talking like this. Stacey Keebler has inexplicably got a cigar. Yeah. Why? What is that? Why? Jab it in her eye. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Is it going to be like Pat Patterson tough enough and stick it up someone's arse? Like, (laughs) yeah, that's not. That's never ever been part of the Dudley's gimmick. No, or anyone's gimmick except Terry Runnels, who was probably backstage and catering, pissed off. Or the APA, like we've got nothing to do with Stacey. But the APA never really came out with cigars. Oh, that's true. Yeah, they never come out with them. I like Terry's whole thing when she was with Goldust as Marlena was that you know she'd come out, she'd have the the long cigar and like the director's chair and I feel like this was one of those many cases where someone just takes something and yeah. that's it you know the music from both of these women gave me a headache yeah mm. it's all bad a little bit of in-depth analysis why you guys listen to the Attitude Era podcast but Tori Wilson had the same laundry on as Pat Patterson did in King of the Ring 2000 yeah good spot and, stains yeah, and all stains and all ah <laughs> oh, Jesus Billy <laughs> Stacey Keebler can do cartwheels. Yeah. That's pretty much all she can do. It's not a move, is it? No. It's, it's, an, it's an O-mover. Yeah. It's just, it's just a cartwheel, mate. It's not an offensive manoeuvre. I feel bad for Stacey, who literally has... Like, I, I like a variety of, of body shapes in wrestling. I like it. It's good when you don't, everyone's the same build, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, I like the, that guy Otis, in, who's like in 4-3 in NXT at the moment. <laughs> you know, he's, he's fabulous. <laughs> Stacey is like... Very, very long, thin shape. Yeah. I don't think there's anyone who's ever been wrestling, male or female, who's that like body shape. Very tall, and very, very thin. She's got a long body. Yeah, she's mm. got a garbage scooping arms, like yeah. <laughs> the long alien body. Like she 
like falls over when she's doing moves all the time. You ever see Stacy because she tries to do like a kick and then she's like, because her body is so long. Like her doing a kick causes her to go off balance. It's like the Godfather. Like. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like stumbling all around the place. All right, what is quite weird is that Stacy takes out a whip. I was like, okay, guys, we're getting a little, uh, gonna get some whip action here, okay? <laughs> so, every red-blooded man in America knows what I'm talking about. It was ruined immediately when they go, oh, it's a cat of nine tails. That is the whip they used to flog Jesus at the scourging of the pillar. Mm. So, why would you bring that into this? <laughs> Sexy. Okay, all right, I had a bit of a whip. Is, oh, like Jesus did. Like, an okay. actual cat of nine tails, though, isn't sexy, because they have hooks on the yeah. end of the... the, the and it rips out flesh, hooks. like... They're horrible. It's, it's not a nice little thing. God, Stacey's a fucking monster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tori, Tori. Imagine <laughs> if this match had fucking blood. Like. Oh, God. <laughs> they do lots of rolling around. This is basically actually, if you look at any match from WCW which had women in it, that's exactly why this is this match is so Russo WCW. Yeah. Daphne versus Miss Hancock. Yeah, except they're wearing different coloured clothes and there isn't a cake. Yeah, and they're not going to ruin the match. I was I was surprised we didn't get like JR saying you know, and when you get under cat and nine tails out at a wrestling show, you know what's going to happen. Best get the wrestling match out of the way first though. Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like I don't know they promoted this thing so much as well like this was like you know like one of the main promotion points Come of this on. whole pay-per-view was that you're going to see him in lingerie guys <sighs> and you know what as much as we went on and on and on during the the Atiara podcast season one about like how fucking bad they booked the women and how rarely the women got a spotlight it is so much worse during the invasion because you know what at least during the invasion they've got these wrestlers they've no excuse you've got Ivory Molly Lita Trish Jackie mm-hmm. Jackie you've got a fucking great and you've got Jazz under contract as well who's not being used yet mm-hmm. you've got all these great fucking wrestlers and Trish is back from injury not here tonight all the other women we just talked about who could wrestle they're not wrestling tonight it's they're pretty much decided money on the table we're doubling down on sexy titillation. Yep. It's worse here and in the ruthless aggression time frame. Much worse from 2002 onwards than it ever was in the Attitude Era. Absolutely. And it's it's not hit anywhere near rock bottom yet where we're at now. No. Like, it gets far, far, far worse than this. Like, I think there's individual isolated moments where it's like, oh, Jesus, where like you have the fake pregnancies and all that, mm. the fake terminations and all that stuff where it's really tasteless. But in terms of... It gets to a point where every week you can expect on Raw or SmackDown or both, usually involving one of these two women, that they're going to be wrestling in some sort of ooze or in some sort of sexy costume. Yeah. And they, you know, it's silly as well because like you see in this match, like they're rolling around like laughing, like it's there's no story here. It's yeah. just fucking silly titillation. Tori does a handspring elbow and she wins. Silence in the crowd. Absolute silence. To call the Charlie's Angels full throttle effect when 20 people realise they can't all masturbate in public at once. Ugh. Backstage, Kurt Angle is with Michael Cole. But quite frankly, I don't think I'll be needing luck. Because tonight, I'm going to go out there and win the World Wrestling Federation title one more time. Oh, it's true. It's, oh hell yeah, it's true. As a matter of fact, it's Van Dam true. What the fuck was wrong with his gear? Did you see it? No, I didn't. Oh, the fucking seams on it. It's like he's wearing big boy pants with his fucking elastic on it. It's awful. Has he got it inside out, maybe? Oh, God. That's even worse, like. Vince McMahon arrives. 
Hey, pal. <laughs> I thought you were good luck in your match tonight. Kurt doesn't need luck. What he needs is a fucking angle in the direction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is so cringe. I forgot about this. Oh, it's true. Oh, hell yeah, it's true. Oh, then damn yeah, it's true. <laughs> Just milk starts pouring out his mouth. <laughs> it's like a simulant from the... <laughs> I, I know, I forget which one of you will get scared by it. Not to bring it up because it'll make you upset, but the way Kurt, he's moving his head, he's like, oh, it's true. It's damn! Like his head is going around. It's like the head in our attack. The way Kurt moves in this one, you know? That's you, is it, Adam? Sam. Sam, that's oh, it. Yeah. Sam doesn't like that. Kurt Angle, looking forward to... I'm coming. We need more from you, Kurt, at this point in time. In a post-9-11 world, there's nothing more depressing than the Olympic hero being like, eh, I don't like him as much anymore. Yeah. That's fucking shit. It's depressing. You're letting the terrorists win. Backstage, Christian is with Lillian Garcia, who uh, just runs down some sports teams. Yeah. I thought this was a different promo than what it was. There was a promo where they did before this, it must have been on SmackDown then, where Christian literally was like, if you go back and watch every fucking TLC match, I'm the one who grabs the belts, not Edge. So why is he supposedly the master of the ladder match? And he's dead true. Huh. WrestleMania 2000, TLC 1 and 2, Christian grabbed the belt. Wow. So that is actually a really cool little wrinkle they've added into this here. Ladder match time, Intercontinental Championship, brother versus brother, as Christian takes on Egg. The hat that Christian is wearing in the match card. Ooh. It looks like the worm hat from Charlie Kelly's dream book. <laughs> <laughs> it's so silly. Seriously silly. He had matching glasses as well. That match as well, fuzzy glasses. Ooh. And I think this is the first time we've had one of these animated match cards as well, where you get to see like the two little cutouts of the guys oh. going like, <laughs> yeah. What it is, is they started doing when SmackDown got revamped with the big fist, which happened. Of course. That's when, so Smack, Raw still has... Still images for the most part, but I think in the last week or so they have started doing them on Raw and SmackDown and now the pay per view as well. So you get a little moving around. Yeah, I love them. Are there any of those ones that you recall, you remember particularly that you liked? There is literally, it's Christian again. I think it's from WrestleMania 20 around that time. There's one he has where he's got his hands like clasped together and he looks over his two shoulders like, <laughs> and then it freezes on him going, yeah! <laughs> it's so fucking weird. I remember Brock had a great one where he did like the, the oh, flex. Yeah. And there's one of the rock where he went, shut up! Off, off. Yeah. <laughs> and turn back. That was the best in like SmackDown versus Raw where you had to wait like an hour if you had like a six man for all the individual ones to, to, to grow up. So like Brock would appear and then like the rock would be, shut up! And then you know, Christian and all that. It's fabulous. Chris Jericho had one where he went, yeah! <laughs> Fabulous. So, Christian has joined the Alliance, and he did it in the most heelish way possible. You see, Christian has won the Intercontinental Championship last month at Unforgiven, and surprise, surprise, it went right to his little head. He is absolutely horrible. Christian arrives in the limo on his first night with the, with the belt, and he just gets out of the limo going, Christian! Christian! <laughs> no one's there, by the way. And he, he's literally walking like, yeah, you know, shaking his head, fucking all jazzed up. There's one child there. Could have been a young Kevin, pretty much, because I was the only Christian fan I knew over the time. And the boy is like, hi, Christian, I just want you to know I'm your big fan. Could 
can I have uh, an autograph? And he's like, hey, little buddy, you know, I'll uh, catch you on the way in, all right? So I have to go wrestle now, but I'll catch you later. No, no money. Kevin Nash is too good. <laughs> <laughs> no WWE superstar would ever charge. And then Christian, literally before he reaches at the end of the corridor, turns to a security guard. He's like, yeah, you got to sort this out. Like, there's a kid who just walked in backstage here. Can you get him evicted, please? <laughs> Ch- there's a chap over there. Chap of about nine. <laughs> Leave the strict no denim policy in the arena, if you don't mind. And then Chris would do other things as well. Like he'd come out, take off his glasses, give them to a kid in the audience, and then walk over and be like, actually, no, come back and take them back off. <laughs> that would have made me cry. When, when, when he did that, Heyman on commentary literally busted up. He was like, ah! <laughs> he couldn't stop. There's any tears streaming out. So he's like, Christian, you're the man, brother. You are the man. Picking on children <laughs> so Christy at that point still was technically WWF on mm. this point yeah. Edge was wrestling randomly on an episode of Raw and all of a sudden JR drops the headsets and it's complete silence and Heyman's like where are you going what's the unprofessional Jim Ross as usual and JR's like no 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 I'm sorry I had to go completely serious walks up onto the apron like, uh, brings over Edge and he's like um you know, just motioning to him like something's gone on. And Edge looks straight away. He's like, what the fuck? And he belts. He makes a beeline, darts to the backstage area. And no one knows what's going on. And go back on, like, to the backstage area. And there's Edge. And he's fucking grabbing his bag, putting on his coat. And he's like, Christian, Christian. And Christian's like, what? And he's like, mom's been in an accident. So there's been a car accident. Mom's been in an accident. We got to go. And Christian's like, oh, why didn't they call me first? He's like, look, it's not about that, right? It's not important. Mom's in an accident. So it's like, I like that. It's kind of, you know, there's wrestling and there's real life. Yeah. And this yeah. is the moment where it's real life. First. And he walks around the corner and all of a sudden, they're the Alliance boys. The real heavy hitters. I'm talking humorous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking Chuck Palumbo? Probably Chavo Guerrero. Yeah. I'm talking some other fucking jabronis like as well, probably there. You know, Canyon maybe, he's probably there. The and lads. The lads, yeah. you know, in their WCW t-shirts, you know, being lads. And they stop Edge and Edge is like, I'm going to get out of the way. And then Christian attacks Edge from behind, beats him up. And then Christian's like, yeah, there was an accident involving mom 27 years ago when she gave birth to you. Boom, Christian joins the Alliance. Headshot, and Edge is really fucking upset. The following night on SmackDown, they recap this, and Michael Cole is on commentary with Heyman, who's there because Taz is once again on the outs with the Alliance. And Michael Cole is like completely flabbergasted. Paul, I can't believe it. That's one of the most heinous things I have ever seen since I've come to the W ever in WWF. It's so so wrong it's so evil is is Christian and he like, turns to Paul he's like, is Christian really that callous is he really that devoid of human emotion is he really that horrible a person and Heyman with a little smile just goes yes <laughs> <laughs> if you wanted to know the moment the alliance went from a ragtag group of wrestlers trying to make a name for themselves into Saturday morning cartoon villains yeah, yeah. That's the moment, right? <laughs> yes. And as a member of my snake squad, Christian. <laughs> Christian. And another great thing as well is that, you know, Austin was come back. And when Austin came back, he was worried about Rob Van Dam, if he's on his side or not. And he was throwing a party for Rob Van Dam. And this was to try to show Rob Van Dam that he was on his side. And Christian had just joined the Alliance. And Regal's like, everyone, please welcome the new member of the Alliance, Christian. And Christian comes into a big room full of white guys wearing little silly hats. Going, and you know, drinking juice. And Christian's like, hey, guys. And Austin's like, Christian, I'm so goddamn proud of you. This is the world champion talking to the intercontinental champion, by the way, folks. 
So the world champions are, oh, God dang, I'm so proud of you. What you just did, you reached up, up into the skies, you grabbed that star, and you got to hold on, Christian. I see a lot of a young Steve Austin in you. And hey, you keep your head down, keep looking up at that star, shining up above. Maybe someday I'll throw you a party like this. And Christian's looking around going, fuck yeah, streamers, man. Yeah, balloons. I've made it. <laughs> the world champion who loves presents, talking <laughs> to the Intercontinental Champion that they might have a party with cake and juice. Aww. How is this the same show that's promoting a lingerie match? Yes, You know, <laughs> it's so weird. How is it the same alliance? Like, they sound pretty alright, if you ask me. Yeah, I want to fucking have a glass of champagne with Chuck Palumbo in a funny hat. Just saying, I've never seen anyone in the WWF throw a party for one of their colleagues. Like, you know, they don't look out for yeah. each other. Oh, you're mm. right. Christian seems a little subdued when he came out. Actually, compared to the previous instances, he's not like kind of. Wah! Yeah. Do you think it's because he's meant to be scared in kayfabe, like a little bit of you know, in a ladder match with his brother Edge? I don't think he would be scared. I think he's no. so full of himself that he would be confident in this. Yeah. I think maybe he's just more serious. Like, would Christian be in ECW or WCW? WCW. <laughs> Absolutely, he couldn't hang in ECW. Oh, imagine Chris that Christian this. Christian mm. in '96 ECW, Jesus. like murderized every night. <laughs> New Jack's just looking at him, and going, "The fuck is this?" Like, fucking hell. Something about Christian with long blonde hair just screams WCW. I don't know why long yeah. blonde hair. I just he fit in with like Kevin Nash and you know DDP and all the other lions of WCW. <laughs> oily egg, very oily. Mm. Do you ever have a cuddled egg? Coddled? Coddled egg. What's a coddled egg? Coddled eggs, you kind of cook it in like a little bath of oil almost. It goes up around the side and the egg gets all bubbly. No. Very good. So Very like good. an oily poached egg? Kind of, egg. almost, yeah. Oh, Very I've good. Had, I've had yeah, that, yeah. It's good, good egg. Awesome. That's the type of egg the egg is here. <laughs> Edge beats the crap out of Christian. Heyman points out, it was never Christian and Edge. It was always Edge and Christian. Why is that? It was Christian and Edge. We talked about it on the podcast. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Heyman's obviously not a listener. Oh, and tonight as well, Fink calls him Ristian. <laughs> Ristian! 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 It's got an aura, you should renounce it. <laughs> they brawl in the crowd. In a ladder match. Yeah, it's a bit mm. strange. Yeah, I don't like that. No. I think there was five minutes at the start that I felt I could have done without, almost. Yeah. They set up the ladder between the stairs and the barricade, and Christian falls into it, and right on his Mickey he lands. Oh my fucking god. Haven's call here really made me laugh, where he says, Edge just guaranteed that he will never be an uncle. <laughs> How could he do that to his brother? <laughs> here you go, here I am. Uncle Egg, thank you ma'am. This'll be a treat. Uncle Egg, while you eat. The ladder gets fallen into the ring at last and brought into play here. Christian attempts to kill his brother with a chair. He's kind of set up in the corner on the ladder, like, prone, and Chris is on top of him with a chair, like, he's, like he would make Edge's head go into his abdomen <laughs> and out his arse, like, you know. He's kind of really fucked that boy up. JR goes, all right, I've had difficulty pinpointing the moment. He goes, how the hell did he learn to fall off a 20-foot ladder? Mm. JR said that quite a few times. This variant, though, was the most shit, hey kids, try wrestling one ever. <laughs> How the hell do you learn to fall onto an aluminum ladder? Ooh, aluminum. Ooh. Yeah. That's the softest metal there is. <laughs> My God, it's malleable. <laughs> he also says, the aim here is to climb the ladder and reach the belt. 
Preferably unmolested. Yes. <laughs> what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it's a poor choice of words. Yeah. It's fucking hell. Maybe he was going for the no moleste, the uh, Spanish version of, uh, of <laughs> Do Not of Disturb. Yeah. <laughs> Electric chair dropped by Ange to Christian onto a ladder. These boys are beating the bejesus out of each other, and I fucking love it. As they're doing a lot of stuff as well with ladders that you don't see that often. Which in 2001, seeing as these lads have been in the matches where you had yeah. six people and you could do all fun things, could go back to one on one. That's really cool that they still managed to pull out new stuff. Yeah, really impressed with it. Couldn't help but wonder who's going to win, WWF or WCW. It's uh, all coming down. The battle lines have been drawn. Did they mention WCW once? Don't Barely. think so. Other than that, outside of championship, like WCW championship or WCW Oh, no, it's just the alliance. They don't talk about the individual factions. Fucking ridiculous. They trade big moves off the ladder. We get the Egomatic first and then the reverse DDT afterwards. Mm. My only problem with this is I think there's a few moments where it was a bit like big move, we get up, we do the other big move. Mm. But that's time constraints, I guess. Edge blocks the concerto from Christian. Oh, so great. Christian's literally about to kill him. Edge is like, fuck the chair of real desperation. Like you would if someone was trying to do this to you, pretty much. JR then says, all we need is tables. And then we got tables and ladders and chairs. As it stands, we have ladders and ladders and chairs and chairs. Well, thanks, Jim. <laughs> Why is he so bored? Fed up, mate. It's a ladder match. It's great. It's a great ladder match. Fucking hell. Edge with a fucking big, weird thing that's set up here. we got a ladder in between two chairs. A very small erection. But doesn't matter how small the erection is, if there's erection destruction going down... It's going down, and you get a big splash from Edge to Christian onto that ladder, mm. onto those two little chairs. I think that probably just makes it sorer because you're putting more of the pressure of the ladder onto your back. Definitely. Mm. Like, it's less, it's as spectacular, but way more sore. Yeah. Oh, God, Egg gets a beautiful spear off the top when, Edge is, when Christian's climbing that ladder as well. Like, they brought in a lot of spots from the other matches, but kind of brought them into it in a believable way, I felt. Like, this is what Edge does in ladder matches, I yeah. guess. Yeah. yeah, and it's still a hell of a feat. Like, he does almost like a Shane McMahon-sized mm. leap to reach him in the first place. Very impressive. Like, the camera actually in this match pissed me off, because I think it missed a few long shots like that, where Edge kind of, or Christian appeared off camera. It's like, what actually happened there, mm. lads, you know? And yeah, Ed, this is what Edge does in ladder matches. He does his big, beautiful spear. And Christian does his bit. What he does in ladder matches is like, we're going to take a big bump off this ladder onto our knees. Whee! Yeah. I cringed when yeah, they both said Why? Why would you do that? No need for it. Like. But we've seen on SmackDown crawl as well all the time. Christian in random matches just be like, here I go. Whee! Yeah. And he jumps to the outside. He'll break his legs. Like, not onto his back or onto an elbow or shoulder, onto his knees. Mm-hmm. Fucking crap. And yet, I don't know Christian having a history of knee problems. He's not known as the guy with the bad knees. No. Like Austin or, you know, Seth or whoever. Christian climbs the ladder. Grandma Edna's gonna be so proud of you. (laughs) (laughs) So imagine, like, Heyman being like, and when you join the Alliance, your grandmother, she's gonna make you so many treats. Cool, wide leg climb by Edge. There's mm. two ladders set up and he kind of climbs it like... Uh, not Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong Jr. When he climbs up the two... <laughs> the two ropes. Yeah, the two That's ropes good. side by side. In the third match between these two, I assume there's going to be some sort of spray being brought into it. <laughs> it's a hardcore DKC, DK3 reference for you guys there. Egg bops Christian in his tiny ding a <laughs> He stabs him in the dick. Oh! In the chair, like... <laughs> right in there. Someone did that to someone in school. Uh, oh. In my school. Not nice. No. 
I don't know if they ever became an uncle. I have to find out. Like, <laughs> you know. So we get beautiful spot here. One of the fucking greatest, most horrifying to watch, but just what a fitting like it. The fact that this angler feud ends after two months upsets me, but the fact that this iconic shot here where yeah. Christian, who is synonymous with the concerto, you can think the concerto can symbolize everything wrong with Edge and Christian, mm. everything like their goofiness, not realizing what dicks they are, and then Christian using it, like he's injured Billy Good and Tajiri with it, and he tried, you know, he laid out Edge with it as well, and then Edge, like, looking at him, like, I don't want to do this, but fuck it, boom, yeah. concerto on the ladder to Christian, who melts off the ladder, yeah. just into a splash genuinely emotional that spot like it reminded me of Dean and Seth being like you broke my heart you son of a bitch before he curb stomps him onto a brick like it was literally like perfect oh, emotional edge. revenge he like his bottom lip is quivering when he's doing it oh man fucking loved it Edge grabs the belt wins the match fucking loved it one of our few one on one ladder matches there are very few of these throughout the attitude mm. era even mm. and throughout the, I mean, we had uh, obviously Rob Van Dam and Jeff I think back to Chris Benoit and Jericho and maybe to The Rock and Triple H what did you guys how would you rate this ladder match amongst some of those other high profile one on one ones it's not as clean and as perfect as something as say Jericho and Benoit like but from a storyline point of view and from seeing these two characters in a match that is so related to their characters, yeah. like so strongly tied to them, I fucking loved it. And they beat the absolute shit out of each other for real, so I really bought into it. Mm. Uh, when it got going, it was good, but I, it didn't need the crowd brawling. No, and, definitely and, not. And, and I, I don't know if I felt that the match was maybe a bit too slow. Because mm. I know, but at the same time, I don't know if it's because I know that both guys can work so much faster and they're doing it at a slower pace but at the same time that's because when we've seen them work at a, f- a faster pace they've got four other blokes yeah, in the game. yeah yeah so it's, it's just them it just felt a bit too slow and mm. uh, f- for me so I, I didn't enjoy it as much as I enjoyed it at previous ones I know I think I'm going to stand by what I said about this in terms of you think of the high profile tag teams you know the Hardy Boys the Dudley Boys Edge and Christian New Age Outlaws Acolytes, Road Warriors, whoever. I still think, even though it was cut well short, you could have gotten four or five shows out of this. I think this is one of the best breakup tag team angles mm-hmm. they've ever done because they never got back together properly like this mm-hmm. ever again. It was always just like, you know, oh, my friend Christian or my friend Edge. This was a great end. And I will say, yes, it has been cut short a little bit, but I'm fine with that considering we're on SmackDown Crawl looking at Kane and X-Pac getting dragged out for another two months. Yeah. Like, it's much better for it to be short and sweet and to still be perfect than to get like ruined by being dragged out for too long. So I'm fine with it ending here. WWF New York. My hometown. Scarsdale. Legit, well, we paused this because we were like grabbing a coffee or whatever. We paused it and WWF New York came up and literally me and Adam had that exchange as a joke like Scarsdale. And then Joe straight away, Scarsdale! You're not from New York. You're not cool, Paul. You're just normal like the rest of us. Spike Dudley's there, drinking alone. He's shoot drunk here, I think. You reckon? I reckon. He's got a bit of a glazed look on his face. He's just sat there drank tequila with a beer and it was like, Ow, yeah, woo! Everyone's around him, like, cheering. He's doing a slammer by himself, like, looking off into the distance. There's something really depressing about it. Hey, guys, how you doing, Spike, after your big injury there? Oh, man, it's, I'm okay. You know, I feel like $100. 100 A little bit of money. 100 
He uh, lost his his girlfriend was brainwashed and turned against him. And he's friends with Big Show. And Big, well, no, but Big Show's <laughs> tagging with someone else now, and he's just at WWF New York drinking alone. So I I, I should apologise because I you know, said earlier erroneously that I didn't tie up you know Spike's anger or anything. Like that. This is it being tied up here because <sighs> a lady comes up and is like, "Hey," and Spike's like, "Hey, I'll be all right, guys. Don't worry, Molly. Who?" Because there's nothing more irresistible than the sight of a man drinking alone. <laughs> That's why I always know, you know, carling adverts from the 90s where there's like a fat old man going, I'm going to drink all this beer myself. Then loads of babes come in like, wow, you seem really interesting and cool. It's fucking depressing. I would have rather they just didn't yeah. give him any resolution then. Oh, all right, I'll be all right. I'm here on my own. feel like I'm $100. And I'm she alone feels with my thoughts. I'm alone with my thoughts. <laughs> Even though I'm with this woman here, I'm alone with my thoughts. Um, can I have another tequila slammer, please? You only get one drink token this week, Spike. Oh, okay. See you guys. Bye. Ah. So sad. Greetings there from the future, but still technically the past. It's time for a caption contest. It's Kevin here alongside fellow time traveler Adam Bibolo. Hello. What are you a time traveling ghost, are you? No, you just get a bit of a cold when you do this much time travel. Like, you know how it is. Yeah, they don't tell you about the nosebleeds, the cold, the shivers, the <laughs> diarrhea, all the stuff that comes along with time travel. It's why we don't do it more often. But here we are, caption contest. The caption du jour, it's LSD himself, little Spike Dudley, having a drink in WWF New York. And if you thought eating alone at WWF New York was the most depressing experience you can have, try drinking alone in WWF New York. Mm. Have you ever, this is like Frasier, isn't it? Like, you know, when yeah. he's there on his own, like, you know. Oh, well, it's, it's worse than that because the way the crowd is around him, it's like he is one of the attractions at WWF New York that week. Like, and coming up at 8 p.m., folks, Spike Dudley. Be drinking on his own. Way! I thought it was like one of these madhouse zoos from like the future, like a menagerie <laughs> that aliens would have. Like, behold, man drinking alone. Oh, he's hideous! <laughs> so, Spike's not having a good time here, and we put up the call for some captions on facebook.com slash attitude era podcast, and also over on that Twitter at AE Podcast. Give us a like, give us a follow, and we're gonna maybe switch between. So, I'll do some Facebooks, you do some Twitters. Yeah, alright. Alrighty then. Matt Edgar here saying, the law states that 16-year-olds can legally drink cider, perry, or mead at a pub if they're eating a meal. So I'll have three pints of cider and three Carberry <laughs> dinners, please. I wonder if that's many people's like first drinking experience is like with yep. three dinners. Like. <laughs> good, good lining of the stomach there. Our resident artist Michael Scally on Twitter says, "Huh? So WWF New York did see small but spikes in attendance since its opening. Boom! Look at that, because he's small and his name's Spike. Do you think there's a big spike out there? Like a spike." seems like a real wrestling name, doesn't it? Like Spike, like well, they, Ajax or something. They specify Little Spike Dudley, so you'd assume there's mm. a big Spike Dudley out there somewhere as well, otherwise you don't need to differentiate, so He's, medium Spike Dudley could be out there in the wild. That's true, yeah, you know, uh, extra small Spike Dudley might be out there as well, you know, they're, they're all out there waiting to be found, gotta catch them all. Jack Otso Sipple says, there's something bothering me about this place. I know, this wrestling bar doesn't have a fire exit. <laughs> Enjoy your death trap, King of the Ring, Billy Gunn. <laughs> Lizzie on Twitter says, maybe I shouldn't have put salt in my beer. 
Oh. He does have the. He has the bulbs. The tongue is sticking out there, isn't he? It's like, kind of like, uh uh. That's the attention to detail. He's got the salt shaker. He's got the beer. That's just a bad night, mate. It like, is. What are you playing at? It's tequila is what you're meant to have that with, isn't it? Like, you know. I think that's what the kids drink the salt with. You like. get your tequila, you, you pour two tablespoons of salt in it, you give it a stir, you know, like a slushy. That's very salty and horrible. It's fucking revolting. And then you have a lie down afterwards. <laughs> Matt Muskell here saying, My name is Spike Dudley, and I'm an alcoholic. Mr. Dudley, this is WWF New York. Is it? Or is that you, Marks, can't admit that you have a problem? <laughs> Nick Bowen on Twitter says, By God, Spike is only a buck fifty, and that's soaking wet, and after a Brahma Buffalo Burger and Fries at WWF whoa, whoa, New whoa. York. Brahma Buffalo Burger and Fries? Yeah. I imagine that's probably legit. That sounds like something they serve. It sounds like it would be like, oh, it's it's meant to have like lots of sauce and be like microwaved because it's a this has a rock has his burgers. Yeah, you know, they must pull shit like that all the time to WF New York. I imagine on the bun as well, it would have like the people's Brahma Bull branded like into it, like seared on top. Now you know they just do the toaster gimmick, yeah. like yeah, you know, the easier for them to do. I'm telling you, Adam, if we could travel back in time. Because we're already going to have diarrhea, I would go to WF New York and have a large meal there. Stephen Lawson, between low wages for mid-carders and high prices at WF New York, all Spike Dudley could afford is half a pint of beer and a shaker of salt. If Vince Russo booked NXT on Twitter says, looks like this beer's been... Ow, Ow! Baby! Well, we got a similar one here from Mark, which is, Attention everyone, the beer has been spiked, but don't worry, your parents have been called and we're here to pick you up shortly. <laughs> like, in fairness, most of the crowd WF New York looks like their parents are probably would, would appreciate the call, you know? Kayfabe Court says, The appetizer of limes on napkin is still better than the Mean Street Posse sliders. <laughs> Are those real? I mean, I really feel I need to know this now. Yeah, and what are, are they like three different sliders, maybe? And each one's like named after different members of the Mean Street Posse. And then you get like the main burger itself is actually Shane McMahon. You know what? The Rodney sounds like a great name for a burger, doesn't it? <laughs> the Pete Gas, not someone. Actually, you know what? Me and Joe used to go to a pub called the Admiral Rodney in Horncastle, which I'm pretty sure had a burger called the Rodney Burger. And you know what? Yeah, it was. What's it? It was. It was fucking great. Pete Gas Burger, though. Mm, gas Burger. Gas doesn't burger. sound so appetising. No, nah, mate. Don't try pull the other one. I'm here for solids. That's what I'm all about. Go with your gas. Hello, salt shake, my old friend. Oh, there's a lot of variations on that. I've come to talk with you again. All these marks, they won't stop screaming. Molly went and left my heart bleeding. And the vision of beating Austin, my brain still remains. Why don't I join the Alliance? Wow, sad. It's haunting. Actually, yeah, a bit moving. Like. Nick Tedesco says, Spike was very disappointed with the Valentine's Day he had won. Shawn Michaels left five minutes in order to do some coke, and China quit the company halfway through for the mozzarella sticks. <laughs> I really think that is possibly the grimmest thing ever, though. If you have not seen the uh, WWF New York, like, win a date on Valentine's Day with Ooh. married man Shawn Michaels, yeah. or out the door China, who is, like, clearly not going to have, no one's going to have a fun time at that. No. Like, I mean, you need a lot of mozzarella sticks to make that palpable. John Stoddart says, When my agent said if you sign with WWF, you'll get to see the world. I didn't think he meant I'd end up in this hellhole. And the world, that's what they call it, wasn't the it? Rebrand, like, the rebrand, yeah. WWF, the world. Like, in Kitchen Nightmares, you know, if they went in for a rebrand, 
you don't need a fancy name of the world. What you need is some wireless devices. Mm-hmm. And Vince, you need to sort out your issues with your father. They got like a big cloth over the sign, like "Gone is the silly branding of the world." Say hello to Vince's family diner, like, it's like <laughs> picture of Vince McMahon in an apron or something. <laughs> These Brahma Bull Burgers, they're sad, big boy. <laughs> they're boiled in water, like. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Fletcher says, my boy. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Just my boy. Does he look like Link, maybe? He does look a little bit. Little he, bit. A little bit, little actually. Bit. And he's got the weird kind of, because his mouth is bulging a little bit. He does look a little bit. I yeah. would have gone with, excuse me, Molly, or something. <laughs> hey, I'm just trying to drink alone. <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> he says. <laughs> A lot of Dave and Amber ones here as well, like, kind of. Yeah, here we see the wild, depressed wrestler or something. Oh, dear. Paddy Carr says, Spike Dudley putting the extreme in contracting an extremely dangerous case of food poisoning. Oh, God, yeah, that that's right there. That's what happens when the Brahma Bull Burger hits the fan right there. Like, in that, <laughs> the fan is his stomach in, in that. Landon Wayne says, when you come down from your trip and you're in a completely different company. <laughs> <laughs> Today, little Spike Dudley realized that all matter is merely energy condensed into a slow vibration, that we're all one consciousness experiencing itself subjectively. There's no such thing as death, life is only a dream, and we're the imagination of ourselves. Here's Devon with the table. <laughs> From Lita Stanley there. Well, I feel sufficiently uh, tickled pink and jabbed and jogged with all sorts of funny bones into my general humorous area. That was a heck of a caption contest. Is what you're trying to say, yeah. Those were some funny captions, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much for your captions. And if there's any upcoming episode on our timeline, there is Rebellion coming up next. And of course, there will be tough enough episodes towards the end of this season. Survivor Series and the Raw after. If there's any particularly good captions that you like the look of, send us an old message on Facebook. Our DMs are always open to slide into or Attitude Era Podcast at gmail.com for a long form explanation as to why you think your caption should be used we had a whole bunch of recommendations this is the one that was recommended the most so thank you to everyone who helped out thanks for your captions and now to go back in time where uh, young Kevin and Adam and Billy are about to enjoy some more of No Mercy 2001 WWF Tag Team Championships on the line as the Dudley Boys take on Shojiri I had the Miss Show the Miss Show? yeah Missed. Oh, I see. I, was like, I thought it was like you missed the show line. <laughs> Kajiri's always there, man. He's at the dance. This is Big Show's third random tag team in fucking seven or eight episodes of this podcast. Shoguns, Big Bikes, Shojiri. Which is your favourite of the three? Shojiri, I think. I yeah. like them two together. Yeah, I like this team a lot. Whatever. <laughs> really? Yeah, I'm I'm so done with the big show in this whole era. Really? Yeah, he's really doing my head in. Vince McMahon here over here, like, I'm so done with the big show. There's nothing against him. I'm done with how they're using the big show, I should say. It's very much a, we're putting you in angles and, like, you're featured... But it's. I think all of this is a test for him. It's kind of like you show us that you can. You we can trust you in the main event because Big Show. Because they're paying him so much, they're not going to take him off TV. They're not going to do like a Mark Henry job and just send him away for ages. They know Big Show is a draw to an extent on TV on the, in his own right. So he just keeps putting down these much lower down the cards, mm. working with people like the Dudley Boys. I mean, I think he's improved from 
the star of yeah he I'd say that Big Show is really good in this match he's, he's he's really serviceable here and there's one thing you always have to remember as well I think we've all we all had this idea in our head about kind of you know Big Show has had great moments in his career and I think it was very one of those alarming things about season one of this show was finding out just how bad the Big Show actually was mm-hmm. in terms of not knowing how to fucking sell not like his matches were fucking horrendous more often than not and it's like it's not as if he's had a great run before now this is like Big Show still in learning mode I guess and just I guess if you get any glimmer of him being good it's actually some of the first moments of him being good whatsoever so take it for granted I guess Bubba Ray Dudley is beautiful here he dangles the belt in front of uh, the Big Show like a big piece of meat (laughs) he's been feeling with him a lot and he keeps going come on giant get up giant I hate you giant get up giant (laughs) (laughs) Bubba Ray is very grunty in this match as is Devon. Devon just screams at the start to, to Jerry, who's like in the ring, and Devon's just like, Come on, boy! Come on, boy! Who's the man, boy? I'm the man, boy! Boy! Man! Boy! Boy! Man! Man! Stop! Please stop! <laughs> and, oh, sorry, these get out of the match. Like, In theory, I should adore this team more than anything else, because I've often said I like Big and Little, mm-hmm. yeah. and they don't get much bigger than the Big Show, mm-hmm. and Tajiri's one of my favourite asters of all time, and the Dudley Boys are great antagonists. Bubba Ray gets slammed and says, No! <laughs> it's great because it's one of those slams where you pick him up and then wait half a second before you start. And it's literally that, nah, boom, straight down again. If I was the big show, that's the show I'd be doing all the time where you hold someone for a while and I'm going, Aah! Yeah. Shades of 2000 big show as he gyrates in the corner. Yeah. I'm just going to be entertaining. I'm just trying to have a bit of wee fun, laddie. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a question. What's worse, fucking big show Scottish accent or Mick Foley's English accent? Oh, here we go. Let's uh, all right. I know that I can't force an Alliance member to take on a member of the WWF, but what I can do is make an appeal to your, your British manhood. Hey, matey, what's the matter, governor? Knees a little wobbly, eh? Afraid to tangle it up with the Olympic champion, Kurt Angle? Old Dick Van Dyke. (laughs) (laughs) If only it aspires to Dick Van Dyke. Sounds like the Nazis in the same music that he Mm. does fucking Dick Van Dyke. William Regal, as we said, betrayed WWF. He joined the Alliance. And the reason they did that is because now we have the commissioner on our side. And he's like, yes, I'm going to book all the matches to be for the Alliance. And then Mick Foley came out and said, yeah, um, you you can't be the commissioner and not be an employee of the company, so you're fired. And I'm the commissioner now. And William Regal was like, what? And everyone's like, dang it, we missed up. Oh, no. <laughs> and then Mick Foley, just, he booked a few matches. He put Rob Van Damme in the main event. And then he turns to William Regal and he, he's like, you know, you screwed over Kurt Angle. I'm going to put you in a match with him. And Regal's like, Bleh! And then Foley's like, I know what I'll do. I'll do a more kind of little character it's called English Accent. And I'm going to do this to <laughs> to really Regal. And he literally goes, hey, what's the matter, William Regal? Have you got a little bit of case of the Bumble Jumblies? Are you afraid to tangle up with the Olympic champion, Kurt Angle? So he's just doing like every United Kingdom accent in one like <laughs> And Ireland too, yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking awful. So bad. Go away, Mick. Go back home. The biggest, boldest, baddest Bubba Bomb in the history of Bubba Bombs. Mm. He hits it to Tajiri. He goes up so high that Tajiri nearly falls backwards yeah. into a fucking dragon mm. suplex. And then he just turns to the camera above and goes, Look at him now! <laughs> 
he is referred to as having a special position in Dudleyville. Mr. Mr. Bubba Ray, I say Mr. Dudley, but they're all Dudley. Bubba Ray Dudley is referred to as having a special municipal position by Paul Heyman. Did anyone pick up on what it was? No. This is great because he's used this for Brock Lesnar as well. He refers to him as being the nightmare of Dudleyville. We had a big chat about this when we yeah. were watching No Mercy because I didn't believe the interpretation you were giving me of this. So you thought he was just saying he's the nightmare as in is, ah! that, is that not what you would assume Billy? The nightmare? Because yeah. he refers to Brock Lesnar as being the nightmare of Suplex City. Are you telling me he's saying that he is the mayor of the place but only at night time? Well a nightmare it's a, it's a double meaning. He calls him the nightmare. So it's, uh, yes, the nightmare. Ah, scary, but also the nightmare, implying that he runs the fucking show a little bit. A nightmare, they have them in Amsterdam and a few other European cities. A nightmare is basically a government position in, like, the city council or whatever, who's usually involved with things like zoning after hours, like public transport after dark, making sure there's security or people out there on streets where there's, you know, lots of heavy drinking, enough police police presence, parking restrictions, everything to do with nightlife, basically. There's a night czar in London, for instance. That's their position. So when you're the night mayor, Bubba Ray Dudley is very scary man, yes, but he's also going to make sure there's no peak parking that'll put you off going to the theatre as well, because he's the night mayor. That's not a gimmick. No. What? It, why? It's a, it's wordplay. I love it. And you are a hundred percent positive that is what Heyman is saying. He's saying mayor. He's yes. de- definitely saying that because he did the thing with Brock Lesnar as well in the, in the Welcome to Suplex City ad. He goes, he is the night mayor you, of Suplex uh, uh, City. Is he not saying nightmare as in mayor as in a female horse? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it. Like that's it. That seems more like plausible <laughs> than he he runs Dudleyville's like nighttime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Daymare. <laughs> Fighter of the night, Mayor. <laughs> so there you go. Um, I could have given Paul Heyman far too much credit there. But if you're a nightmare, tweet in. So let us know what's going on. Big Show wants a tag because Big Show is big. And Vince is like, fucking make sure who knows that he's got an eating problem. God damn it. So what do they say this week? Big Show wants to tag like an all-you-can-eat buffet. Well, I want an all-you-can-eat buffet. I think everyone wants an all-you-can-eat yeah. buffet. But, like, a hand out, like, I want a cheeseburger. Yeah, yeah. but oh, I want an all-you-can-eat. You can't put that in your hands. Is he there with, like, a plate, like, just holding it out? Like, come on, get some of this it's for like, me. Like, he doesn't want to stand up, so he's still sat at the table. He's just trying to get to, like, <laughs> I, it, There's it. no way it would fit in his hand. A whole all-you-can-eat buffet. You're talking, like, at least four tables of trays and, 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 and steam vents and stuff. Oh, wait, no, though. Hang on. Remember the DVD cover of A Giant's World? He's got the whole ring in his so hand. You can easily have. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a buffet in my hand. But you've also got to have all the space for the lifeguards for his, for his buffet as well. Have you ever been around the big show's house? <laughs> Hot tag to the big show, who inexplicably does a little bit of Razor Ramon. Comes in and goes, does the little the chacha, the, the pump up. What's that about? He's mates with Scott. There was rumours of Scott Hall coming in. He wasn't. Like, you know, right. Still like. At least six months off Scott mm-hmm. Hall coming in, but yeah, big show doing a little thing. Do you know you ever notice why Scott does that? He does a little like he was a he beats the chest up, does a little standing like Wario, yeah. and then he pulls his arms mm-hmm. out like it also goes the other way though, because Scott every now and then will just go, I'm a giant in the middle of a match <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> hey yo, I am a giant. <laughs> does the alley oop, you know, it's all good. Oh, oh god. 
You know what? A fucking if you manage to do uh, a razor's alley oop, like you pick it up and you flip them wow. back, you would uh, kill them <laughs> <laughs> and yourself. So. Big Show takes a horrid bump off the apron. Mm. He kind of gets bumped in. It's kind of like he's going to go, all right, I'm just going to step down here. And instead he goes right onto the fucking barret, like right onto the ramp, like, oh, didn't fucking pan out the way you wanted. I always feel bad when the wrestler in question looks more surprised than sore and they're saying like, oh, shit, like, you know, like alarmed. Tajiri fends off both the Dudley boys on his own. He does a double handspring elbow, Mm. goes for mist, Shoots the referee with it instead, who's blinded. Big choke slam by the big show, but there's no referee. So these guys have had the match won a number of times now. Who appears out of the blue? Not booked tonight. It's Rhino. Was that one of the five people you mentioned? No, no, because Rhino was here at 17. Oh, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Rhino gores the big show, which is quite a sight to see. Yeah. It's like the big show is looking behind him to see if there's anything, and then the world collapsed underneath him. He just kind of collapsed. Like a big tree falling over. It's beautiful. I was more expecting Rhino to just go straight through the big show. Like, <laughs> come out the other side. Or just get stuck in him. Like, uh, a big show would be, ha, ha, ha. Kicking his leg. Pu- pu- push him inside like Clayface. And a slob from Futurama. <laughs> I was going to do the bit where, you know, Clayface puts Batman in. It's like, oh, no, don't worry. I can feel his heart slowing. Slowly. <laughs> Buzzsaw kick to Devon Dudley, who kicks out like straight away, and that was like needlessly removing the protection of that move. Mm. A real hard kick to the side of the head by the man who throws kicks to make everyone in the audience still go, Whoa! Well, he's aligned with WCW now, so, you know, false finishes. Oh. It's part of the gimmick. <laughs> so Devon has to kick out, yeah, no matter how devastating true. it is. Yeah. Like, he'll kick out of a last ride at this point. Yeah. Like. As long as he can hit his finisher and five other finishers afterwards, <laughs> then we're okay, brother. Buzzsaw gets the kick out, and then this beautiful kind of like desperation bit where like Tajiri is just, you know, on a, he's he's outnumbered. He's trying everything he can just to keep one step ahead of the Dudley boys, and the Dudley boys just like can think as one. When you get that little weird hive mind thing, yeah, where Bubba just goes get him, and then he picks up boom three D, and they yeah. hit the finish. Dudley boys win a fucking great match. I really enjoyed this. I love the finish. And I love as well Bubba Ray Dudley celebrating with Paul Heyman. He dives onto the commentary table. <laughs> we did it, Paul! Did you see what Paul was wearing? No. He was wearing a Stone Cold Steve Austin baseball cap. And like the biggest mark hat ever. Like big bright red fucking Austin badass big skull. I actually recognised that hat. And I realised why. One of the housemasters in my school confiscated that hat once and you ever have a teacher who's kind of like he's confiscated something and tries to be like a, a meanie or cool about it and then like they put it on or whatever yeah you know like, like we, a trophy or something yeah like. like I'd always have like the teacher would confiscate the Game Boy and they would be playing at the top of the class oh. and they'd be like what are you looking at get back to work like that happened all the time in my school or, like would confiscate the watch and be wearing it up at the top of the study hall and yeah this lad and he confiscated it and he's like see what I have here lads it's a stone cold Steve Austin hat. And he put it on and just sat down. And I was like, <laughs> like he's trying to, it was like, oh, what a media. <laughs> silly man with a red hat. <laughs> with a giant skull that says badass on it. <laughs> it's not going to have the desired effect, man. And the best bit for me was when at the end, Bubba's going up the ramp and we get a real close up on his face and he just goes, thou shall I mess. <laughs> 
Dudleys. And then they just walk off. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> Great fucking showing. Yeah. You know, the Dudley boys were like doing a lot of heavy lifting in yeah. the absence of Austin. Mm-hmm. It was actually the first time I could ever think that the Dudley boys were given like main event and opening slots of the show. But when Austin was on his little siesta for three or four weeks, it's the only time since the start of the Attitude Era and after WrestleMania 17 where I can actually remember crowds being dead during the opening segment of Raw. They did a thing where like the Dudley boys you know, put the rock and Kurt Angle through tables and set up an angle with them against the Dudley boys. Mm-hmm. Crowd were dead the whole time. And it wasn't that like, the Dudley boys weren't credible or people didn't like the Dudley boys but it was one of the first times where it was like there wasn't enough story or enough sense or enough big stars that people actually cared. And... It was really weird watching some of the Raws and the build-up to this as a result of that with dead crowds for, like, opening. Like, The Rock being put through a table to silence. Mm. Like, You're doing something wrong. Something's fucking wrong here, yeah. It's a sign of where things are headed, I think. Backstage, William Regal congratulates Rhino. I'm sick of the Alliance being treated like a joke. Alright, are we going to do interrupt Stasiak and DDP segments from now on then, are you? <laughs> Stop oh. it, you're making us like idiots. Now, laugh test. <laughs> Backstage, Tess is with Shane and Booker T. And Tess was definitely laughing normally there, you know, unprompted. It's bad. It's like Teddy Long pretending to be on a phone, like, hey, player, yes, yes, this is a phone call, player, goodbye. <laughs> Shane psychs up Booker T. Mm. The Undertaker hasn't got anything on you. He hasn't got anything like the Spinner Rooney. Undertaker. Mm. We're going to trust The Undertaker with another one of our big top talents, are we? I don't feel good that the Booker T taking on The Undertaker. No. Mm. Coming up next it is Booker T versus Booger T. I wonder who will win this match. The Battle of the Houstonians. Paul Bosch should be so upset that he'd write a poem. I tried to find his poetry book and... He still can't find it. Still can't find it. What do you mean in each of these? Uh, On the lookout for that. Anyone... For spots that let me know. Can Taker survive in a post-muscled-up statues world? How do you think Taker felt about all that? Do you think he was just business? Do you think he's upset? Is he pissed off at Brian Adams? I always wondered what the dead man thought of Chronic's run. Like, someone was to blame. Mm. And I think it's him. Because didn't he vouch for him as well? He got he him the him job. Really? He, brought, no, it, yeah. he, was, he was like, we'll bring these guys in. I trust them. I'll have the match. They're BSK. They're fucking Bash Street hell. kids and bringing them in, like, yeah. you know? Of course, I'll plug and spy in there. Yeah, he yeah. fucked up big time. And also, he didn't fucking. Yeah, your mates, yeah, come in and I'll have a match. I won't sell for you. Yeah, you wouldn't know they were mates going by that. <laughs> no! Match. I'm they're really good, sure to find They're good out. friends. Jesus Jeez. Christ. I hope he's fucking not mates with Booker T. <laughs> <laughs> they brawl outside. Inside the ring, Taker just kicks the shit out of Booker T. Like, Booker gets the drop on him when he's coming off his motorbike, but this is all dead man for, like, the vast majority yeah. of this match. And you know what? People rag on, like, the likes of Cena and Austin and whatnot, but there's no fun in seeing a big baby face just beat someone up for 70% of a match, mm-hmm. almost lose, and then win. Yeah. It's yeah. not fun. It's tedious. Uh, did you see the uh, the security guards getting really annoyed with one fan during the crowd brawl? What was it, Eric? Ang- was it Angle's mum back again, like no, raising no, up radius? One one guy, he got really in Undertaker's face, really, and then got pushed back. And then within seconds, he's back in Undertaker's face, and the security guys are just like, "The fuck are you doing, mate?" <laughs> they just keep pushing back the same guy and get kept getting caught on camera. This is Michael Clark Duncan all over again, <laughs> like, pretty much. <laughs> Undertaker's doing something that I really love, though. He's doing this whole work in the arm gimmick. Mm. 
they're setting you up for old school, but he does like the arm wrench, the arm flips. He was doing all, that's the one thing that came out of this few with Booker T, was that he started doing it here, and it became a big part of his arsenal. It was in all these parts were in the SmackDown games. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think it's really cool, you know, when anytime they've done a thing with Undertaker where it's like he's learning new moves, he's changing his strategy in the wrestling ring, I think that's really, really awesome. And it suits him as well. That, that kind of offense really fits him as a wrestler, I think. And it's, it's spectacular, but like not dangerous because yeah. he's, he's picking up Booker T and he's putting him back down on his arms it's all in the cell and Booker does a great job he's doing really fucking well Booker T all things being considered like he is adapted to their style he's still getting fucking buried because of it but he is adapted I guess they brought outside again Booker T gets some offense in finally after 10 minutes he gets a missile drop kick very yeah. pretty very pretty Grunty offense from these lads, though, Adam, huh? This is literally where we get our grunt of the night now is when Booker T's back on offense. He hits a big sidewalk slam and hits a... Uh, that vertical base, but which is disappointing because it was a good run. But I was really hoping for more from the red man. The red man. <laughs> the bugger red man. I was hoping would give us more grunts here. Here's the problem. The Spinneroonie, have you noticed every single match we've watched involving Booker T... The Spinneroonie has been incorrectly called. Like Booker T looks at his hand and is like, Oh, here comes JR, the most electrified. Oh, the Spinneroonie, I don't like the Let me tell you about the Spinneroonie. I've got 10 minutes on it. And he doesn't even do it. And then when yeah. he does it like later, then they don't have any shtick. They miss it, like. Fucking hell, guys. Then Taker goes back on offense again, and the crowd is gone. Booker can't be on offense for more than like a move or two, but I. Undertaker has yeah. to get something back in there. I get that he's a big guy and that there has to be a believability factor, but Booker T is also a big guy yeah. and he is doing big moves. Stay the fuck down and sell for fuck's sake. Do the business. Then we get the Spinneroonie and the scissors kick as Undertaker is coming in through the ropes. I love that. That was great. Really, really awesome. Ten punch spot into the last rides. Undertaker out of the blue picks up a win. Yeah, the, we get the WrestleMania 17 finish pretty yeah. much. Yeah. The last ride out of nowhere. Booker <laughs> T does a, he does a 10 punch spot and then at punch 9 he looks at his hand and then just puts his hands up and goes <laughs> for no reason. Like, I thought this was fucking shit. It was boring. So fucking boring. Worst Booker T match so far. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because even, even the Rock matches while he was getting buried in that there was more energy to him. And nothing quite sums this up as Jim Ross going, Bugger Red wins it! Boo! Uh, He's literally calling him Bugger Red now in commentary. How am I meant to fucking watch this and think anything but it's shit? Yeah, seriously. Seriously, come on now. Y2J backstage, he says it's time to put up or shut the hell up. Oh, baby, I'm excited. The WCW Championship is on the line as The Rock takes on Y2J Chris Jericho. With The Rock and Y2J. Jericho is busted open! And Jericho! Jericho aiming for Shane McMahon! Just hit The Rock right between the eyes! Jericho is aiming for Shane! Ever! But he got The Rock! Five, no! Two! Three! My God, I don't believe it! Damn, it's hit The Rock! Are you and Y2J cool? What were you thinking out there? What the hell was he walking me? And they're trying to win a match. What did you just say? You heard what I said. I said, what the hell do you want from me? I was trying to win the match. That's what I said. Well, The Rock will tell you exactly what he wants from me. The Rock made mistakes before, but he owned up, took responsibility. So The Rock just wants you to be a man and live up and own up to your responsibility. Okay, be a man and own up and live up. You know what, Rock? Maybe I should have taken that chair and wound up and knocked the people's eyebrow off your people's face. Well, why don't you knock it off right now? 
that shows you all the frustration yeah. of Chris Jericho this was an angle I hated as a kid watched it through gritted teeth and folded arms I did not want to see Y2J and The Rock against each other I, as a kid I was like these guys are bringing out the worst in each other The Rock seems unsufferable Jericho seems like a petulant child it made me not like both guys mm. and I didn't give this angle any credit and it's one of those things that happens so often when we've done this podcast when you realise like, something that tickles you the wrong way when you're fucking 14 and then here you are like many many years there going actually no that wasn't a good angle because I didn't like it when I was 14 <laughs> like a lot of what we think is so heavily coloured by whims as a kids oh absolutely i mean look at jeff jarrett you remember the start of the podcast like, <laughs> this guy's one of the fucking worst wrestlers he's worse than mark Mero. he thinks like, he's great yeah he, well he is <laughs> <laughs> so yeah this feud uh watching it on smackdown and raw you've seen some of this adam have you yeah i saw the episode with the initial sort of bust up between rock and jericho when they're tagging together so basically what happened was rock and jericho were tagged up together in a i think they were against either Test the Booker T or the Dudleys or whatever. Yeah. But basically, Shane McMahon ran in, screwed them. You know, he brought a chair into the ring. Jericho tried to use the chair to hit Shane, and he hit the rock in the face instead. And then the whole thing back afterwards, where both of them were pissed off because the Alliance had like one or two nights where they won all of the matches, basically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jericho's pissed off. He's fucking covered in blood. And, you know, the rock is, you know, comes in and does that thing where it's like, hey, you know, keep your head up. You know, I know you, you made a big mistake there. You lost the match, but, you know, we'll get him next time. And Jericho is under his breath. He's like, what does he want from me? I was trying to win the match. And I was like, what do you say? He's like, what do you want from me? I just wanted to win the damn match. And straight... It's because they're both right after the match and they're both gassed and Jericho's covered in blood and the rock's all covered in sweat. And there's these two lads just beat the fucking shit out of each yeah. other. And like, it's a real proper stiff pull apart. I love that because it's like... They've, normally, they probably wouldn't have fought, but it was the frustration, the heat of the moment, and both men are such a big-headed egotist that they can't be like, look, we're cooler heads should prevail. We were wound up after the match. It's like, no, The Rock thinks he's better than me. He's no way he's better than me. And The Rock had the most cutting line of all, which was, Chris, you're just not as good as you think you are. Oh, man. Oh. Because what is it that YTJ fails to do? They keep teasing it throughout this match. Can't win the big one. Oh, that's such a true statement. Mm-hmm. They like they had a bit where Jericho cut a promo and he's like, I've been in the WWF for nearly two years now. And with the exception of one moment, which was taken away from me, I've never had a championship you know, opportunity where I've been successful. I've never had the opportunities that someone like The Rock does. I've just had to grit my teeth and work hard and everyone was, was into it and cheering him and all that then the rock is like oh, no 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 you're not good rocky rocky <laughs> rocky 
So, Chris Jericho coming out here in his DX gear. Break it down. I hate those fucking tights. What are they? What is the, the thing on the side, if not green X's? Did you see them? I wasn't really paying attention to his legs, to be honest. Basically, X-Pac trousers he's got on. It might be green barbed wire or whatever, but it's still a stupid idea. They have a big old stare down. This is uh, the WCW Championship match I'm most excited for. Hmm. Even though it is the two top WWF guys. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's one of my major problems with this, is that it's for the WCW Championship. If you've got a face of the WWF as champion, it should be the WCW guys trying to get their fucking belt back. Yep. Yeah, because the whole thing is that Shane can book the matches, and like Shane sensed that there was an issue between you know Jericho and The Rock, and he kind of was trying to, to push it on and egg it on a little bit, as was Stephanie, because you know, Stephanie hates both of them, and as does Shane. And they did a thing where... You know, they were trying to set up. They linked it in with the Austin storyline. Rob Van Dam was actually their guy they wanted to get the match against The Rock. So it's not even a WCW guy. Yeah. It's an ECW yeah. guy. Close enough. So, yeah, it's really, really strange in that sense. But JR on commentary tries to put it over again, WCW. He's like, we're in St. Louis, Missouri. I think of the WCW title. I, I think of the Black Scorpion situation. And I was very alarmed and very, very confused that he brought up the Black Scorpion. Is that him trying to vaguely talk about Sting? Yes. Right. That's not Sting isn't the Black Scorpion. Basically, do you anyone know about the Black Scorpion angle? No. Oh my god, it's the best. Oh yes, you know me. Or at least you did. But don't try to track me down, it won't help. Even if you saw my face in light, you wouldn't recognize me. My face doesn't look the same. I imagine you are. Of course you are. I want you to be thinking, be concerned, maybe even a little scared. They used to randomly show on Sky, they used to show WWF classics, and they would just show you a random hour of something that they've grabbed from the archives, and it was always like out of context, and it never told you what it was beforehand. And it was like WCW was randomly being shown, like from the 80s. Ric Flair and Sting had feuded over the belt literally dozens of times, and Sting had beaten Flair so many times now, and Flair being the heel, that it was like, well, we have to come up with something else. And Sting was so green that there was no one else to work with him. Because, you know, Sting couldn't work with Lex Luger or whoever it was because it would be a shit match. So they're like, right, we'll think of something in the meantime. We can't have Ric Flair feud with him because Ric Flair in storyline is gone now. So we'll have the Black Scorpion feud instead. And we'll think about it down the line who the Black Scorpion is going to be. This man appeared dressed all in black going, Hey Sting, it's me, the Black Scorpion. I am a shadowy figure from your past. And I know all your secrets. And I have a nice... Long lens. <laughs> <laughs> you want a piece of me? You want? Pretty sure it was it was Ole Anderson on the mic. He did it again. So figure head to toe, all in black and shrouded and shrouded in mystery. And he's like, "Oh, you don't know anything about Sting. So who who is it? What is Sting's past?" And Flair said in his autobiography that there actually was a wrestler called the Black Scorpion that they were thinking of using down in Texas. And as soon as he got wind that, like, yeah, they're alluding that they're going to do an angle with you and the world champion, he's like, fine, give me, like, a fucking couple of hundred grand then. And he wasn't even a good wrestler. He just knew that he was in, they'd booked themselves into a corner. Yeah. So he asked for loads of money. So on the day of the show, they decide, Rick, can you dress up as the Black Scorpion, please? Oh. And after months of build, I'm like, who is the Black Scorpion? It's like, just clearly Rick Flair comes 
comes out like woo you know, in the black scorpion gear and it the, with me all along oh son of a bitch <laughs> even the four horsemen bought it <laughs> each and every one of you was made fooled of woo so the best thing about it was that yeah he took off the mask it's Flair beat him up Sting wins again Flair loses again there is a picture of someone at a wrestling convention who brought a black scorpion mask it was like a black mask with like red bits on it and they brought it for Ric Flair to sign and he looked so pissed off <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure he said he refused to sign it as oh, well oh nah no brother no I don't like the black scorpion no one bit so why Jim Ross thought to bring up yeah it is a situation I'll give it that it's definitely not an angle it's the black scorpion situation why bizarre it'd be like in a match with some ECW guys that Jim Ross just starts talking about the mass transit incident <laughs> like, <laughs> just, it's pretty much like random out of the blue I guess because he couldn't find out he'd have Booker T here to random he's like ah he's no sting he's no he's no Ric Flair he's to come up another way to invoke yeah. these gentlemen also as well the Black Scorpion situation proper sounds like an Andy McNabb novel oh it proper does <laughs> the Black Scorpion situation and then I took out my gun and shot the baddie <laughs> and that's fucking a book is it that's what I just write that over and over again <laughs> 900 pages <laughs> Fast back and forth action to start with these guys. It's funny, last month they were like, oh, the crowd is split. RVD, RVD. Who are they chanting for? RVD, RVD. They literally were split with Jericho and The Rock here. Mm. Yeah, Jericho's so fucking over. Yeah. Mm. And it's because you've got an emboldened part of the audience who are like, yeah, Jer- like you've identified successfully a part of the audience that rightly, I guess, thinks that Jericho has not had the opportunities. And then there is a part of the audience as well. I remember all the time, like, I used to be a big Jericho fan. A lot of the older kids would be like, ah, you know, he's not Austin, he's no rock, he's not one of the guys. He's, he's a younger, smaller guy. And for a lot of wrestling fans, particularly those who grew up with some of the wrestling stuff in the 80s, they will never get that off their shoulder of the smaller guy, like, you know. And I think they identify that the audience was at war with itself a little bit. Mm. And there's people who are so fucking passionate for Jericho to get his moments. And then there are people who just fucking love The Rock and love the Scorpion King. And they're chanting Ashu Machente. <laughs> you know? No, oh, they're right. not. Ashu Machente. Ashu Machente. <laughs> lots and lots and lots of back and forth here until Jericho just gives up and slaps The Rock right in the face. Yeah. Really cool. There's a real hatred between these two that's really palpable. And they go for their finishes early. And what I love most about the match is that both men are wrestling a style that I would say is unique to this match. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. Like, because Rock and Austin, face versus face at WrestleMania, it's pretty much, oh, quite a little bit sweeter for me here. Yeah, work heel. You know, so, so Rock works kind of heel a little bit of that match. Or when it was Rock and Hogan. Seemed like it was face versus face, and then Rock and Hogan like, yeah, Rock, work heel. Mm-hmm. Usually tends to be people whispering, yeah, Rock, work heel. Yeah, like. But here, The Rock doesn't go to the tricks and do like, oh, the crowd's cheering for Jericho. The Rock knows he has to be the top good guy. Mm-hmm. So Rock all the way is good guy Rock, and Jericho pretty much all the way as well is good guy Jericho, yeah. but he's just a little bit more desperate. We uh, we get my moan of the night in this match. <laughs> oh. So that's great. We got gloops, moans, and grunts. Yeah, uh, I don't think there'll be another moan of the night, <laughs> but it's uh, Rock's on his back, and it's when he's in a, a hole on his arm, and Jericho keeps kneeing him in the elbow. The Rock makes a noise like a gruff version of like you know you see those videos of a tortoise having sex with a shoe 
No, I've not. Yeah, they, make a noise. They, they, make a, they make a noise Clearly. like. Ah. That's the noise they make. <laughs> so they, they do a gruff version, so you just sort of get every album, every needs the album. You just rock, just you hit your rock, just go silently. Oh, torn arm scissors. There's a great camp. Oh, <laughs> so like an elderly turtle. Yeah, like an old turtle having sex with a shoe. Or like a young turtle having sex with a really old shoe. Yeah, and the shoe's going. Oh. <laughs> Some real stiff. This bad when you say that. And then I go some real stiff shots. <laughs> some real stiff shots here. Jericho kicks the rock right in the back, like dunk. Oh my god! I I did a play in my first year of university. Where I was like, I want to meet people, and I like to do acting, so I'll be in a play. And I've never been in a play since. It'll tell you how well it went. Um, but there was a fight scene in the play, and I'd never done any play fighting stuff in a, in a, in a you know, outside of wrestling. Yeah. You know, I, I was the bull in the cave in the field and I beat my friend Killian to death with a stick, but that was easy to mimic. I had to kick a guy and I was like, right, can I kick him in the stomach? Because I know I do the wrestling thing, you know, the big kick into the stomach and they kind of go up, but you you do yeah. your shit, you kind of lift them with your leg almost and they kind of go, Whoa! and the, the, the director was insistent that no, it had to be a kick in the back. I go, okay, um, I'll try it. I think I can do it. And there's like, look, what you should just do, Kevin, is just run at him and then just stop short when you're running. I go, okay, I'll stop short. And the guy sat up and I was like, you sure you want me to do this this way? Yeah, absolutely. And I just ran and I yeah, I didn't stop short. I just kicked him in the back full force, right in the spine, like spinal tap. It was not nice. <laughs> we went with the stomach kick in the end. Yeah. Actually. Who'd, oh. who'd have thought that I was right in the end, you know? Heyman really puts over Y2J's experience and lack of opportunity at the same time. And I really felt that they should have done this where, again, it's the problem of having Shane and Stephanie at the forefront. You can't have an angle where like they're trying to seduce Y2J to go and join WCW. Because yeah. Stephanie is like, you know, that's like fucking the Power Rangers joining up a re repulsa. It's not going to happen. Yeah, they've blown that. I really don't like that because you know what? The, that was the most interesting thing about the start of this alliance storyline was with you know people were talking to King of the Ring like who's going to join? Yeah. You know, is Jericho going to go? Like... Definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, know, <laughs> you, know. you know when there's a call where you just know the outcome of the match. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a call halfway through this where where Jr's talking about all of the adversity that. Jericho's overcome and mm. how he wasn't well when he came here he wasn't you know welcomed with open arms and stuff like that it just immediately kind of meant well he's winning tonight then really halfway, you got ha- that halfway through halfway through the match I was like Jericho's gonna win this. well you wouldn't say that unless he was winning pretty much like mm. you felt it's interesting because they did bring that up they even mentioned specifically you know, how you know Jericho debuts mm. mocking you know Steffi was the one to point out like, don't you remember how this guy debuted like he disrespects you so much like just like he disrespects me and then they put over that Jericho was a little bit of like a square peg kind of like he mm. didn't fit in with WWE mm. and that's why he's not had the opportunities as a result. JR Plugs Rebellion on commentary. Oh, I'm excited for that, Kevin. Oh, it's going to be in Manchester as well. Home turf, baby. Baby, in the MEN, I hope. Football's coming home. Rock loses his cool a little bit, starts brawling outside, getting a little bit more desperate. Jericho busting out some fucking crazy moves in this match. Standing Hurricane Rana? Yeah. yeah. I don't see The Rock letting a lot of people do that to him. No. Like, Scott Steiner, like he did the standing Hurricane Rana back in the day, you know that to the Rock. No, no, he's did it generally. Oh like. yeah, I've seen him do it before now. Yeah, like. I don't think he'd be doing that to the Rock though. No. Somehow, no, 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 we're good. 
Y2J hits the rock bottom and then straight away the lion salt afterwards yes. I love that because when someone like imitates a move it's always like oh yeah he's just doing it to fuck with but then when Jericho did the lion salt it's like nah I'm fucking double tap motherfucker I'm yeah. making sure you're done and then he kicks out and straight away Heyman's like Jericho has squandered his opportunity once again he can't win the big one he couldn't even put the rock away after hitting two finishing moves he's destined to always come up short mm-hmm. oh man so I thought Heyman would have nothing to say in this match with the two WWF guys same but he really like played devil's advocate he, here effectively he is good, he is good at that um, yeah. even when he's got no stake in a match he's really good at putting guys over or mm. telling a story Y2J is pissed off goes to the people's elbow which misses the Rock responds with a really, really dangerous takedown. It's like a dragon screw, but instead, like, he just fucking, they collapse on each other. It looks like both men's legs were really in harm's way there. Mm. Fucking Shadrick over here, do it the way I want it to be fucking done, yeah? <laughs> clean your fucking trousers, Rock, you smell. <laughs> Hit the sharpshooter from The Rock, boos and cheers as Jericho reaches the ropes. Now, something I've just realised about the sharpshooter, because I've seen Bret Hart do it many a time, and he looks quite comfortable, and just yeah. he's applying his finishing move. It's a move that he knows how to execute. Why does The Rock always scream in yeah. agony when he's doing his own submission move? I think it's meant to be the intensity of him going, ah! Is it? Because he's literally always going like, ah! See, the way he fucking sits when he's doing it, he's, like all, like he's in a really uncomfortable position because Brett like uses your arse as a little seat like yes. he pulls you into a little bar stool yeah. and he sits like hmm like that he even gets to fold his arms a little bit but The Rock is like arsed over arse cocked out like he's trying to make himself fart <laughs> you can do that by the way folks if you do that if you tilt your bottom up you can like in a down dog position you can allow gas to flow in and then a bum will do a noise <laughs> like it's, it's Crazy! It's really <laughs> absolutely fabulous. Informative podcast. And then yeah, he's craning. Don't crane your neck. That'll give you a crane in the, a pain in the neck. And that's what the rock is doing here. So maybe he's just yet yeah, hurting himself. There's a reason we call it the shit shooter and not the sharp shooter. I yeah. guess. Spanish announce table comes into play. The rock just boom slams him right through rock bottom. He's really pulling out all the stops here. The table collapses like an improperly erected billy. <laughs> Sorry, that's some hardcore IKEA terminology Not there. Me. Uh, Not yeah, you. I was gonna say, what are you trying to say about my mate Billy? There's nothing improperly erected about it, guy. <laughs> a hugely distracting sign at this point when they're like laying around in the muck of the table. Someone has got a big life-size cardboard cutout standee of Shrek. And it's just Why? I saw it's, it's Shrek with his hands on his hips doing the Shrek smile. <laughs> just says in big letters. Shrek likes pie. <laughs> That is the most 2001 <laughs> thing I've ever seen. I'm begging someone out there to do an, an artwork of the Boom Tang Pie t-shirt but Shrek. Like the trembling and the bloodshot eyes. <laughs> oh god. That would be glorious. Rock is getting more and more pissed off. Hits into the ring. Goes for the people's elbow. Which gets reversed in what could be best described as a dirty fucking walls of Jericho. A greasy fucking walls of Jericho. He's like just barely gets off and Jericho is drenched in sweat. That's what I love about this. These two guys are like fucking warriors here. They have put everything. They're so exhausted. I love that. There's no break in this. There's no rest non-stop and yeah he is screaming at the rock to tap out and this is beautiful until randomly Stephanie McMahon makes her appearance now she, here she is out she comes and almost like a fucking running joke 
She gets up on the apron. I don't think Jericho was meant to do this. He's meant to go over and like get in her face or confront mm-hmm. her. But he literally is like, Bleh! and runs right over there. And it's like a jump scare. Stephanie's like, ah! She just falls off the fucking yeah. the apron. Not a nice bump, by the way, for Stephanie. Right on the tailbone. And JR and Heyman don't know what to say because it's like, shit, if this is a bump now, Steph has to sell it. But Steph also needs to get up straight away. So Steph crashes off the ring apron and Jericho's like looming over like <gasps> and then Steph like gets back up on the apron with the chair like hey guys oh. and then the rock just fucking rock bottoms her yeah we've learned if it's a woman from the alliance it's okay to hit her it's okay for Jeff Hardy to do it it's okay for the rock to do it like I'm I never I, I legitimately I do get confused sometimes about like intergender stuff like in terms of like what classes is being like you know, what would seem scary and weird and off-putting for, for, for regular folk to watch and get interesting, or what is kind of like an acceptable level to do it, like is to do it as intergender matches, or have any sort of male-female violence, like can you do it, can it be done tastefully? I think in the Mixed Match Challenge we've shown that you can do mm-hmm. elements of it in good taste, and there's a lot of amazing indie wrestling happening at the moment that's doing intergender stuff. But why is WWE so weird with this? Where sometimes it's like, oh, well, she slapped him, so it's okay. Stephanie literally comes out, gets thrown off the apron, and then gets brought back up and rock just rock bottoms her. Yep. That's for getting hurt already, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then, like, the week, the month prior, it's like, oh, Jericho would never actually hit a what He fucking would. Yes. And The Rock would, and Jeff Hardy would, and Edge would. Mm-hmm. And all that happens now is that the commentators just don't bother trying to explain it. go, yeah, do it. Yeah, get her. Boo. Stephanie has had brought that chair into the ring and Jericho hits his shit finisher, the breakdown, onto it. And uh, Jericho wins. Mm. What a flat finish. Yeah. That, I actually, more than I think about it, because when we watched this yesterday, Adam and I watched it together, and it's very fresh in my memory. I was so into the match and the fucking heart was pacing because I was so enjoying it. And I was like, I was so willing to forgive the ending of the match because I'd enjoyed the match so much. But looking through the notes and talking with you guys, it feels like this really ruined the fucking end. The match it really yeah. is so sour. Like the botch with Steph, then the mm. weird fucking bit with Rock just killing her, and then the shitty finisher that no one pops for. Like, do the fucking walls, do anything, don't do the fucking breakdown. Like, mm. and it's a bit flat. Then Jericho wins the big one. He needs to win clean. He needed to win now, clean. That I don't agree with. I agree that the shine was taken off by all the weird shenanigans at the end, but I think no matter how the finish went down, it was the best way to go with having Jericho have to cheat. Yeah, I lo- I actually I like that because Jericho doesn't even kind of seem he seems to be kind of kidding himself that I've done yeah. it, I've won the big one. Yeah. And like the rock stands with him, he's got the chair and he's like kind of looks at the chair and he hands the chair to Jericho and it's, it's I love that because he's not like, what the fuck are you doing there in the chair? He's like, there you go. You've got yep. the belt. Big also. man. And Jericho just picks up the chair and goes, Yeah, yeah. You, you're never gonna build stars though if you're mm. unwilling to do clean finishes. I think they're with building a heel star here though in their mind, aren't they? Exactly my point. Like I think because it's face versus face and it's not going to end with the whole shaking the hands because they clearly hate each other and that's not going to change. So someone's got to turn and it only makes sense for it to be Jericho. Mm. There's something I love so much because you know there's so many times where people win championships on screwy means and all, all times now it's it's always money in the bank. Someone's won a money mm. in the bank. But you can always make the, the, the argument for the characters like, well, you know, I earned this in a hard match and I'm, the, I'm an opportunist. But there's something about this where Jericho can look back. This is his first official world title win. And it is so, and like for the character, the heel character of Jericho that we all love, 
for him to be like look back at that and have to be like fast forward the bit at the end or be yeah. like, you know, or be like no he, he he can tell straight away the look in his eyes he's rewriting this in his head like I'm not remembering this as Stephanie brought out a chair and I screwed it up like mm-hmm. you know it's yeah I beat the rock I won the big one oh great fucking I mean overall though this was one of my favourite matches we've seen so far yeah I think it was incredible. One of Jericho's best in a long time. Definitely the best WCW title match. Easily. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cuts to commentary team where Heyman just looks fucking exhausted. <laughs> yeah, drained. JR says to him, Well, Paul, your billionaire princess really stepped in it and stepped it all in the house. Yeah. Yeah, she's got shit everywhere. <laughs> she did. The Rock just beat her up and then smeared shit all over the house and then beat her up again. She's not a billionaire either. No, she's not. She's a billion dollar princess. That has been established. Main event time! It's a triple thrash, which Steve Austin says he doesn't like, so this will be fun. Rob Van Dam versus Austin versus Angle. RVD, you know, when I was gone, I watched you. I watched you give advice to members of the Alliance. You tried to take them under your wing like Stone Cold Steve Austin did. You tried to be a leader. RVD! 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 Stone Cold Steve Austin is back. Stone Cold Steve Austin has regained! To take these men and women under my wing. I got a piece of advice for you, RVD. I want you to keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. You got a lot of future. You got a lot of potential. Mick Foley's back on SmackDown! See, it turns out that Linda McMahon thought that I I would make a pretty good choice as your new The fact is that I like to give the fans the best damn main events that I possibly can. What I'm talking about in No Mercy is a triple threat. Kurt Angle, Stone Cold, and RVD. So I guess, RVD, it's all up to you. What's it going to be, boy? Yes or no? Far be it for me to ignore the advice of our leader, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I know when you're talking about me, you do not want me to pass up this opportunity. I'm in. RVD, you are either with me or you are against me. Both men are down. Austin and Angle are in. Hey, wait a minute. That's Rob Van Dam. Van Dam going up. Who's he going after? Wow. It wasn't Austin RVD hit. It was Kurt Angle. Wow. Celebrate for that little bastard right here tonight. I enjoyed meeting with you, dude. I felt it was surprisingly well. Hey, you're alright. Who is in the limo? Kurt Angle, triple threat, you and me. WWF title stayed right with us. Man, I'm so proud of you. You mean the world to me. That limo that RVD was in is still here. Or you are against me. He's setting him up. The ankle lock is in. The ankle lock is in. He's going to break that down. It's Austin. Stone Cold attacking Kurt Angle. 
the paranoid WWF champion, the Stunner, the Kurt Angle. Wait a minute. promo package here so as we mentioned Austin been gone for a while came back won the belt off Angle a great main event by the way the main event of Raw where Austin returns fights Angle not on the par with the SummerSlam match but better than the Unforgiven match really intense excellent feud Austin hits so many stunners it kind of feels like that's the natural end of that feud almost and it feels like this is really just a a treading water and where they go with Rob Van Dam from here is a bit I don't know. We'll get into it, I guess. It feels like this is very much a placeholder main event. And the last match really could have been in this spot much more convincingly, I think. Mick Foley has come back. Stone Cold Steve Austin has come back as well. And he he turns to Rob Van Dam and he's like, I know what you're going through. You're an up-and-comer. You remind me a lot of Stone Cold Steve Austin. And you got to go up there. And once again, you got to reach up on a star. You got to make a big old wish. Look at that big, <laughs> the big difference guy. And please don't come after my title, though. Please, please don't. Please. <laughs> but look on the big stars up above. So Austin is like convinced that Robin Dam was his friend because Austin and Angle were down. Robin Dam comes out and then he hits Angle with a five star. And Austin's like, that means he's on my side. And then he throws him a party, which Robin Dam doesn't show up for. He shows up well late. Rob Van Dam shows up out of a limousine. He's like, oh, it was really cool, whatever, man, talking with you. Cool, whatever, man. And he goes backstage to meet with Austin. And Austin's giving him a big hug. And he's like, oh, I've got a little something for you here, Rob. Uh, come on, guys. Come on, I'm going to start crying here. <laughs> come on now, you know what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm going to give you my watch. It's watch my father gave me. And Rob, you proved to me that you're my best friend. And I love you. <laughs> He's known him for five minutes. <laughs> and Rob has not done one move to cry. Oh, I give you my watch. I love you. Keys to my house. I got some money here as well. And then later on in the show, <laughs> the limo opens up and who was inside talking with Rob? It was Vince McMahon who has returned now. And Austin sees this and he's like, give me my watch back. And he's putting it back on. He's like, you know what my watch is saying? He's saying he's disappointed in Rob Van Dam. So Austin talks to his watch now as well. I love Stone Cold so much. Yeah, and scary hugs as well. Like He would grab Rob Van Dam and yeah. fucking beat the back on I love you. Be my friend. And Rob's like, whoa, what's going on, man? <laughs> I feel the old Rob Van Dam character of ECW would have been so much better suited to this match. The The show off the fuck, the asshole. Because Rob's too nice. He's just a nice dude who loves wrestling. I don't want to fucking see that. I want to see dickheads. No one likes the chill character in wrestling. He is just being Chris Pontius, who he already looks like. Yeah. He's just being the party boy. And not even being that fucking animated. Like, Rob, like, I didn't realise though until, like, he cut that promo on One Night Stand where he's like, they gave me nothing to say but cool whatever for two years. He's right, like, they Mm -hmm. didn't know how to handle his character. I always thought Rob Van, this was Rob Van Damme. Oh, yeah. Because I heard Rob Van 
Van Damme, he's cool, he does his thumbs, he does cool moves in the ring, and he likes weed. Those are the five things I knew, and he did all these things, so I assumed this was him. Mm-hmm. And then I watched, like, Barely Legal for the first time when I was, like, 18 or 19. I see Rob Van Damme cutting a skating promo about, like, I fucking hate working for this company, I'll be worth way more money elsewhere. I can't believe I even had to wrestle for other you people. I'm like, who's this? <laughs> Rob Van Damme, like, get none of it here. Nah. It's such a weird... Like, if you were told before WrestleMania 17 that Austin would be in a match with Kurt Angle and Rob Van Dam, mm. do you think that they have faith in Rob Van Dam as the main eventer? No. Not yet. Why is he in this match then? Well, no. To take the pin. Why is Angle in this match more like? I honestly would have much preferred Stone Cold versus Rob Van Dam. And I think the whole build for it looked like that's what they were setting up. Mm. It's Angle that's out of place here, in my opinion, not Rob Van Dam. Yeah, Angle is very sorry. He says, like, nothing. The promo package is nothing about Angle. Nothing. You know, other than. Before on the raw, before Rob Van Dam hit the five star onto Austin and not Angle, so Austin's convinced that you know Rob Van Dam is is not on his side. Mm-hmm. Austin's convinced that no one is on his side. When he comes out here, this is probably one of my favorite Steve Austin entrances ever. Like he is, he's so far gone. Jr. is like, who is this man? Like he's he's not he's not my friend. He's he's so he's a shell of his former self. And Austin like, comes out, he like walks halfway up the ramp, then he walks back, he starts giving the finger to random people in the crowd. He like fucking starts on the cameraman, he's like, like trying to like make him flinch. He's so apprehensive to get in the ring. Mm. He won't even do the four corners properly. Like he's, he's positive he's coming into a trap. Like yeah, soon as his is. back is turned. Both of these guys are going to jump on me. And, like, he can't even afford the pretense of, like, being, you know, pretending to be friends with somebody. He goes right up to Rob and Dam, like, are you on my side? Are you my friend? What? Are you with me? What? 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 <laughs> and Rob Dam's just like, cool, whatever, man. <laughs> Kurt suplexes Austin mid-talk in a vest. Yeah, you don't do that. You don't tug on Superman's cape, and you don't German suplex Stone Cold's vest. <laughs> Fucking love it. Yeah. He suplexes both Austin and RVD twice immediately. Kurt's mm. awesome. He's a killer. Like, but he had nothing to do with that belt. You know, he, he had. Uh, I think he had a successful defense on Rob when he had it, but he was literally two weeks. Yeah. And you know what? If you're gonna have it less than a month, it, two weeks is as good as a day. Yeah. You might as well it take is. it off from the right the next night. Like, because the worst thing about it being two weeks is that it started to feel like, oh, Kurt can be on top. Oh, the sh- I never told you the show was really dead. Mm. You got Kurt. The fucking top face. He's won the belt. Hooray! Yay! Yay! And there's no Austin. There's no heel. Mm. Who's he? he? Fucking fights like Booker T and the Dudley Boys. Yeah. You know, it's just boring. He's already done that. Austin really makes me laugh toward the start of here when him and RVD are working together to knock Angle out of the ring. Yeah, yeah. And then as soon as they like lean over the ring, he's he's on the floor. Austin just turns around. And goes, you no good piece of trash. <laughs> to RVD. Angle comes back in, they do the same thing again, and Austin's immediately back to, you goddamn piece of shit. <laughs> I particularly like the uh, the standoff of taunts where it's, Rab Van Damme, a little sand language, I hate you. <laughs> he is so finger heavy in this yeah. match. Yeah. It's literally like, everyone look under your chairs, fingers for you, there's a finger for you, there's a finger for you, fingers for everybody. I'm a bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Bart Simpson over here, cutting up like, Austin he's in the ring with Kurt and Kurt grabs his legs goes shit (laughs) (laughs) and then Kurt has him in the angle and goes fuck you (laughs) these lads bring out the best in each other how long until Rob Van Dan splits someone open Mm. he had another match with Kurt split him ear to fucking ear like 
hard way. He burst his face open like it was a grape. It was fucking <laughs> disgusting. He did it again to uh, Jericho in another match on TV. There's like literally four or five times now since Rob Adams come in. He has split someone ear to fucking ear with these kicks. Has he not been given like a big talking to about Well, he's this? got big fucking padded boots. Like, I just don't understand. I think what it is is that he's used to doing it a certain way and people are used to X-Pac probably. Yeah. Well, he, he, he's used to doing that kick and nobody giving a shit and not having yeah. the ramification of oh you can't be doing that mm. now that he's got the because Heyman didn't have those ramifications no. oh you can't be doing that Rob I mean I noticed when Xbox does his spin kicks that he'll kind of he'll jump up a bit he throws the kick around and it's kind of almost like you're getting the fleshy part of his thigh yeah. and people tend to put their hands up for Rob's spin kick in ECW they put him up and Rob just kind of stands still and pivots and it's like boom it's like a fucking standing branch that's just there Whereas what happens here is that no one puts their hands up. They just get spin kicked in the face. And then (laughs) Rob just kicks them full force. It's like an unprotected chair shot, basically. Because, you know, Rob has got core strength. And if Mm. he's going to tighten out that leg, you're going to fucking feel it. Austin get an STF onto Kurt Angle at one point. Very impressive. Very tight. That's how it's done. Yeah, take note, John Cena. Rob Van Dam goes for a cannonball, a very near miss. He nearly hits the Spanish announce table and, like, pierces his arse. It's really horrible. Mm. Kurt Angle shades a Taz, hits a beautiful capture suplex to RVD. Gorgeous. You mm. get the leg up by your shoulder and you just grab everything together. A beautiful toss. With someone as small as Taz, that makes sense because you can get the leg on his shoulder quite easily, I imagine. But with Angle doing it, it was especially impressive. Yeah. Like... I think that's one of the great things about Rob Van Dam is that Rob is so flexible. Mm. He allows wrestlers, like, I you know, of course Kurt can do a capture suplex, but can the guys that Kurt would be in a match with, you know, Austin, if you did capture suplexes, <laughs> so you only get them toys, it's like, no, the leg ain't bending that way. Like, it's, <laughs> it's just not going to no, happen. Absolutely not. But Rob Van Dam, He's a deluxe aggression figure. He's got <laughs> articulation in his fucking tummy. Wow, unbelievable. Moon saw by Kurt Angle, and he hits it at last. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. Both men are down. Rob and Am goes up top. They do the tease again. Oh, who's he going to hit? And both men dive out of the way. It was really cool. Mm. He just completely misses, smashes himself in the middle of the ring. Austin hits a stunner. The pace really picks up. And you know what? Austin's the kind of guy who's always been like, oh, I don't like triple threats. All I like to do is just throw someone out and have one on one. That's all the only way you can do a triple threat. They do that, yes. But they're in and out so fast yeah. that we actually get a bit of a decent flow going on mm-hmm. here. Kurt Angle with the Olympic Slam on Rob Van Dam. And once again, Rob Van Dam puts a little English on it. Yeah. Fucking twirly, whirly, spinny, winny yeah. Olympic Slam. It's incredible. Nearly has the win, but Austin breaks it up. Dirty, sassy chops by Kurt Angle and Stone Cold Steve Austin. To which Jim Ross says, Oh my god, them chops. They're gonna beat the blood out of your opponent. Yeah. I, uh, I got a little bit distracted in this match by Steve Austin's elbow. Oh, really? His elbow? He either has a loose plaster right on his elbow <laughs> or a but, skin tag or some shit or like some really flappy skin like ah. I'm not pretty sure that was a that was a bandage yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but it's coming off don't come to the ring with your fucking plasters and bandages on yeah have your big fucking get white elbow co- pads get skin, yeah. skin colour and just see it flapping in the breeze I was being put off a little that's bit that's you know what I don't know why but once you said skin flapping the breeze and Rob Van Damme's in the match I just thought ah. of that ah. you know you have the table break 
No. Rob Van Dam's worst injury ever. Him and Sabu dove through tables <sighs> at the same time in ECW. One of the parts of the table was broke, a very thin little splinter, kind of a shard, mm. went right up into his eye, severed his oh. Uh, eyelid. Oh, shit. And Rob was like this because he thought it was a loose flap of skin on his forehead and he tried to pull it off, like, because it was just this loose flap. God damn. You can and see that- it in the footage, him, like, batting at it, like, <laughs> like what's, a cat, what's like- this? Please, <laughs> please don't. We've plugs still at the end to get to, so don't. <laughs> Stick around. <laughs> Always do the patron before the eye skin. <laughs> All three are down. Vince McMahon appears. Here he comes. And so like, you're still convinced that he's joining I'm the alliance? I'm absolutely convinced he's joining okay. the alliance. Rob Van Dam and Angle go hell for leather in the middle of the ring. Austin is pretty much dead. A top row belly to belly suplex by Kurt Angle. Absolutely beautiful. And Austin just zips in. Like Austin's like a shark who keeps waiting for his moment. He's coming and go bleh and try and quickly win this match mm. just wants to come in get it done one two three get out of dodge comes in hits the stunner and Kurt just rolls out of the ring and Austin's like no nah! trying to grab him <laughs> beautiful I really love that and Rob Van Dam is lay out prone Angle is stunned in the middle out in the ringside area Austin's on his own and there's prone Rob Van Dam how is Steve Austin going to react to this by laughing like a madman. <laughs> he looks at a Rob and he just starts going, eh, <laughs> 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 What? <laughs> oh. oh, man. Austin comes into the ring. He's got Rob Van Dam. And this man comes in and chairs Austin in the back. Mm. Now, Austin starts bleeding. Mm. And we thought, what well, Austin, of course, he bled taking a chair shot to his back. Mm. But no. Vince got him with the hard bit on the back of his neck. Yeah. The back of Austin's head has spit open. The reason you can't see it all the time is because it's in one of his neck folds. And oh. the blood literally comes around like it's fucking braces and around yeah. his cheeks into his mouth and down his fucking chin. It is one of the worst fucking hard ways I've seen. So it wasn't Rob Van Dam. It was resident potato farmer Vince McMahon. <laughs> fucking awful. In fairness though... Vince has given, been given so many stiff ones by Austin in his time. That's probably all right. That's a receipt, goddammit. <laughs> don't think you should be doing it to the back of his neck, though. It was probably meant to not. be his back, yeah. <laughs> not the back. Spinal fusion surgery, no less. Yeah. Like, how about your neck? <laughs> God. So Vince starts rallying for Kurt Angle to get up. Seems like he's right on Kurt's side. I can see where you got this now, Billy. Mm. It's, like, it's so obviously a Vince McMahon setup. Rob Van Dam up top. Craig goes amazing. You're so into this idea that Rob might win. And Heyman, I love it. It's like Heyman is trying to be like, play it cool, politics. You know, Steve Austin's the leader. He's like, oh my God, Rob Van Dam! Rob Van Dam! He's like, studying, Rob Van Dam! Rob Van Dam! I get 5% of his paycheck if he wins. <laughs> Kurt Angle stops this. A million German suplexes to Rob Van Dam. He links it into the angle slam. Yeah, so yeah. great. I like that. Ch- like Cena does that now, where he chains together the moves into the fu and angle doing it here to Rob Van Dam is fucking beautiful. Shano appears. He attacks Kurt. Vince McMahon and Shane McMahon. Here we are. So many months later, once again, the feud comes down to these two. Yep. Vince runs after Shane McMahon like a runaway train. Big Vince rolling down the line. He runs over his child. Mm. Shane is like, starts running away and then does that kind of like stop and no, 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 no. And Shane's just like, Rah! they spill over this Spanish announce table. It was fucking horrendous. Yeah. Vince and Shane like literally both landing on their head and Shane is like, getting potatoed by Vince in the meantime. 
Stoner to Rob Van Dam in the ring. Austin somehow wins. And a very strange end to No Mercy as you have Vince McMahon just stood on a table with his jacket collar done up going, huh? And Steve Austin covered in blood clearly concussed on the ramp going, ah, 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 <laughs> snacks. <laughs> I was so hoping for the table to break. Oh. It was on the final shot like a proper, we'll oh. be right back. Like, <laughs> 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 Vince just stood on top of the table like, I can't believe it. My favourite wrestlers have lost. Steve Austin's the champion. (laughs) (laughs) No mercy. That's it. Main event in the books. What do you think of our triple threat? It's alright. It's okay. It was not a great ending for the show. No. TV main event. Yeah. Should they have went Austin Angle one more time? No, I don't think they could have got any more out of that, given how they already went through it Unforgiven. They had the, the happy ending and then took it off him again. This is very much a placeholder match and a placeholder yeah. feud. Yeah. What do you think of No Mercy overall, then? I mean, final thoughts, guys. I mean, I thought this show was a lot better than Unforgiven, and that was because we had a crowd that fucking loved wrestling. I always forget that St. Louis is one of the best fucking cities for them yeah. to go to. Well, maybe not so much anymore, but during this time, it was always fucking hot. The Test Kane match was great. The ladder match was great. There was a lot more great matches here. The main event left a bit of a bad taste in my mouth in terms of it was a bit underwhelming. But overall, I thought it was a great show. What do you guys think? Better than expected, definitely. I mean, because it's a B show and it's... I always assume when it's a pay-per-view that I've got no memories of and I never hear anything about, well, there's probably nothing good on it. But there was plenty of decent stuff. Mm. And only, like, you know, the stuff that was bad wasn't like, oh, God, this is the worst shit ever. It was just disappointing. Yeah, yeah. Not terrible. Pretty decent. Uh, Better than expected, but I think with the vast majority of the matches, there was something, you know, stopping me from going, oh, yeah, that was a great match. Mm. There's usually something, you know, the laundry match existed. (laughs) (laughs) It was a shame that that had that going for otherwise, you know, Mm. that it existed. (laughs) Test versus Kane, there's a couple of moments where Test was a little bit sloppy. The the ladder match, I thought, was slow at times. Mm. You know, there, there was little things holding most of the matches back other than... The opener, Dudley's Tajerian show, mm. and no, it's probably the, the only two where I could say that they they did something I completely enjoyed throughout. Right, yeah. The rest of the matches, I was like, there's there's little bits and pieces just holding me back there. So, am I safe to say, or I mean, or where are you at this moment with this uh, this angle? Because I felt with me. I went through several changes of mind throughout about hating this angle, the Alliance angle, and loving elements of it and not loving other elements of it. But more often than not, I just find myself very frustrated. Mm. Where are you at at the moment, Billy? Watch this for the first time. I mean, is it is it the angle you thought it would be? Like, did you think even after SummerSlam it was going to turn into this? Because this seems like very, very different from when we started. Well, it's, it's, it's a weird one going into something for the first time but knowing that everyone hates it. So you, so you have to try and go in with it from try to be as objective as you can be. But it is shit. <laughs> like, it, it is shit. Yeah. All the Austin stuff, like I said at the top of the show, Austin stuff is great. Mm. Give me more of that. But everything else is failing. Oh, man. Match of the night, MVP, Adam. Match of the night would be the ladder match, easily, I think. Mm. There was a few good matches on the card, but that ladder match was the perfect culmination of exciting spots, good wrestling, good and a story. really, really good story. Mm. So it's got to be that. 
And MVP, I'm going to go with Jericho because I think he did a really impressive job of towing the line of still wrestling as a face, but also there's there's definitely cracks that are showing there. Yeah, him holding up the chair at the end was such a fucking and look. That's like. totally the start of that. Yeah. Like, and I, I love this, the whole sort of like Jericho wants more than anything to be a main eventer on the level of The Rock. And you get that throughout this whole match. They fight tooth and nail. Jericho exhausts himself to achieve that. And he has to cheat in order to win at the end. And I, I thought that was a great performance. Billy! MVP, Jericho, exact same reasons as Adam. Yeah. He really showed himself tonight as being, I'm I'm up there. Mm. I can I can hang. So, uh, absolutely MVP for tonight. Uh, match tonight, I, I, as much as I enjoyed the opener and the tag match with the Dudleys yeah. and Tajiri, I, I do think the match I enjoyed the most was the main event. Okay. Just, it was the chaoticness that I enjoy in my wrestling. It's very rare you can see Austin's character play out in the match like this yeah. and him with the laughing and him like being robbed by them's face all the time, his facials. You felt like you got a lot more of... Because I think with King of the Ring and stuff it was like Austin was mad backstage and he comes out and wrestles a regular ass yeah. match. But yeah, here you could see he was mad. <laughs> yeah. It was delightful chaos. Yeah. Everyone got their shit in. Mm. It didn't... It like Even though it felt like going into it Angle didn't necessarily need to be there, or RVD didn't necessarily need to be there. They got everyone shit in. Mm. You know, Angle looked great in this. They made RVD look great. Yeah, Austin was great as usual. Mm. Uh, every, everyone looked really well in it. My match of the night, I'm gonna have to go with Jericho and The Rock because as much as I hated that finish, the finish can take away from the fact that one, it was an angle that. I was, was so wrong about like it's one of those things you completely misjudge when you watch the first mm. time and then you actually can see how hard this angle is to do like a lot of people you could try this and would fail miserably I think you can only work with this when you have some of the level of The Rock and someone who has the kind of cult or, or big following like Jericho does as well the fact that they wrestled such a different style it wasn't heel rock it wasn't heel Jericho but it wasn't face rock and face Jericho it was two guys really just trying to fucking yeah. win at all costs and no one went for the cheap crowd reaction it was hard earned all of that because if the crowd started chanting Rocky 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 it would have sucked and if the crowd started chanting Y2J Y2J it would have sucked as well yeah. you know the fans are so often want to get tribal and they want to just like hate on someone and love someone else and there's a lot of reasons to hate The Rock and a lot of reasons to hate Jericho but we told the line. This crowd was a fucking perfect audience. Doing that in Philly or somewhere like that, or Chicago, mm. it would have been everyone booing The Rock and cheering Jericho. But these guys, it was masterful. So MVP, I've had a bit of a think about it. I'm probably going to go with the big red machine, Kane. Ooh, really? I, I can't in good conscience go with Test because, as you pointed out, Billy, Test was... He was a bit sloppy, and yeah. like we said as well, he was a bit apprehensive in some of the spots. Well, that was probably one of Kane's best matches ever. He put Test over. He made Test look like a beast. He made Test look how WWE so clearly see Test. Mm. That's what they see in Test, is what Kane showed us there. He's a big, hard-hitting impact player, or whatever you want to call him. And Kane put him over, made him look like a million dollars, and Kane did that by bumping his ass off. And also doing shit like press slam and test to the outside and shit. Yeah. Like Kane, he made you think, you know, you, you came out of that match, not just that Tess got over. If I told you Kane and Tess had a match and Tess goes over and Kane made him look great, you think, well, Kane must have come off looking like a bit of a fucking wuss then. Kane felt like more of a monster here than he has since the start of the invasion. I think this was the most Kane we've had. Mm. Him being like a fucking 
Haas. Yeah. So, yeah, great. Kane never gets any credibility for his in-ring work. I struggle so hard to find matches for Kane where it's like Kane is a great worker. Yeah. And this was one of these matches. So, enjoy your moment in the sun, Glenn Jacobs. <laughs> you will be mayor of my heart forever. Or the nightmare if we find out if that's actually <laughs> a real thing or not. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Attitude Era podcast. The road to the end is here. Because we're going to be looking, as well as the end of our Tough Enough series, we will be looking at Survivor Series 2001, the final pay-per-view in this series, Season 3. What will come after? There will be a little bit of an epilogue, and there will be an announcement in that episode about what's coming next. But you'll be happy to know we have the next two seasons pretty much decided upon. And we actually think they're going to be something you guys are really going to enjoy. Unless we change our mind and do TNA like I want. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) As always, if you're listening on iTunes, SoundCloud, or on Stitcher, thank you so much for listening in. Make sure you subscribe. Go back and check out all the other episodes. Season 1, The Attitude Era. Season 2, The Rock's Return. And Season 3, you're listening to us. As well as a bevy of bonus episodes along the way. Hit us up on Twitter, at AE Podcast. Have a chat with us over on Facebook forward slash Attitude Era podcast and the best thing to do to help this show tell a friend while you're on our Facebook page don't forget to check out our huge library of video content we have got a lot of micro videos from episodes old and new if there's any moments from this week's episode that you enjoy particularly let me know at Beerblops on Twitter and especially fun video content you can see some previews for this on the Facebook page but patron backers get access to our new video episodes we've been producing me and Kevin have me and Ke- Ke- <laughs> Kevin. 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 Me and Kevin. Mary. Me and Kevin have had a look at Photo Slam on the Windows 95 machine, which is fucking disgusting photo editing software. Yep. We have released a Let's Play of us playing through WWF Betrayal on the Game Boy Color. If you want to support the ITR podcast, you can, as well as getting access to those videos Adam was talking about. There's a whole shitload of bonus content over on patreon.com forward slash AE podcast. Over 30 episodes of the Smash. Smackdown Crawl or Book Report series where Adam goes into the Bibliotech (laughs) and we review the likes of Bob Holly's autobiography and The Rock Says. If you want a little bit of a taste of any of this content, there is an episode of the Smackdown Crawl available on our feed here, our main feed to check out, as well as that, or Journey Into Darkness, the first Book Report episodes featuring Kane's novel. Those are all in there, so check them out, get a taste, you like it, you become a $5 backer and get access to dozens of hours of content, as well as Q&As, commentary tracks, show notes and getting to keep up to date with all the comings and goings of the Outsider Podcast. I want to thank each and every one of our lovely backers. You guys are the bomb. And if you're a fine purveyor of stuff and things, head on over to MatthewsBotchamania.com Say the line, Billy. Deliciously good mayonnaise. <laughs> there is, like, you are adding more and more pressure to yourself to deliver every time you Sorry, do deliciously good mayonnaise. Was it Mr. Hellman's or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. Hellman's. You know, I've done songs, I've done perfume. I'm on that sauce now. <laughs> Wait, so re- repeat that again. Sorry. <laughs> Deliciously good mayonnaise. Well, no, no, no. From the top, Botchamania. Botchamania. Yeah. Dot com. Yeah. Deliciously good mayonnaise. <laughs> was that there? I think so. Deliciously Pretty good. Pretty sure it is. I thought it was Food Loves Helmets. Was that too? You can have more than one slogan. Yeah, let's t- carry this on off air. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's get this started right now. Right this fucking second. 
food, gun, and lazy love when you put it all together. The world's best, the world's best mayonnaise! As food loves Hellman's, you bring out the Hellman's and bring out the best. What are you talking about? That sounds distinctly 80s to me, is all I'm yeah. saying. They wouldn't have a song Don't like know that what you're days. talking about, old man. Fucking millennials, right? Yeah. <laughs> what's mayonnaise? Is this some sort of avocado? Like? Well, let me guess you want to stop the recording now, do you? Like, now that you've been backed into a corner. Yeah, I do, and I uh, will see you at our next episode, what's where this will hopefully be sorted out.